Yo, Joburg, everybody. This is Steve. This is episode 225 of G.I. Joburg. And we've decided to call this one Take Me To Your Dealer because you're joined by Steve, you're joined by Paul, and rounding out the trio, we have Nicholas Amantidis of Action Figure Industries. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, we've had creatives on the show, we've had comic book writers, we've had people in charge of making the toys, but we've never really taken time talk to someone who actually deals in these beautiful things that rule our lives. Nicholas, how are you doing, sir? I am absolutely fantastic, and as I've stated before, muchly in awe of being uh, on your show. <laughs> You're part of the Bergforce now, baby. Well, the story, as the story goes, uh, when I got to Australia, I immediately discovered various online communities, particularly on Facebook, uh, that were trading in my beloved toy line. Um, there is a fantastic Australian community, very, very uh, big appetite for vintage toys and modern toys. And the, the, the name that kept popping up was AFI. So I joined the group and checked out some live auctions. I mean, dude, you are one busy man. You don't just <laughs> deal in show. You, you I mean, can you list the, the extent of the, the toy lines that you deal in? Oh, I can actually. I just finished uh, what twenty-eight out of thirty-five days straight of live auctions. And what do we do for our October one? We had Ghostbusters, Ooh. Mask, He-Man, Transformers, uh, Star Wars, GI Joe, obviously, which is my predominant one. We have uh, we had Marvel. In fact, Doctor Who was very big. Star Trek. Whew, take a deep I got breath. Some questions about Doctor Who, but please continue. Oh, look, Doctor Who, it's it's a massive community in Australia. Um, the big thing um, we, we try and focus Ooh. on is... Um, hey! Yeah, sorry, you got me. <laughs> 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 um, what else is... Yeah, Lego. What, what items are the big sellers in Doctor Who? Is it primarily a toy line? Like, do people want action figures yeah. of their favorite characters? Or are they, like, role-play items? Like, what, what are the big sellers? Big sellers. Uh, you know what? Out of all the brands that I've done, you know what I've found? The Doctor Who is pretty much a broad spectrum. I would put up a mm. book um, for a dollar and it would go for like $30. Fantastic. People and still read. <laughs> believe it or not. Read. I know, right? Yeah. Whovians definitely still read. In actual fact, um, one thing that I've always tried to do is um, be very close to the community that I'm actually dealing with. So um, on Messenger, we have... Uh, several chats, private chats. So if you're a part of the AFI group, you get joined to say you're in New Zealand. I put you in a New Zealand chat. If you're a Whovian fan, you're in a Whovian chat. So you actually get to converse with other collectors from that genre at the same time. Whew. Hopefully that takes the pressure off you because I imagine you have a lot of communication all the time with every single buyer. I mean, it's, it's just nonstop answering the phones. But Nick, sorry, mate, we are getting way ahead of ourselves already because <laughs> obviously there's a lot we can talk about. But as a newcomer to G.I. Joburg, we've got to get your G.I. Joe identikit. Firstly, ah. it pleases me no end to know that Joe is your main thing. Correct. So let, let's talk a little bit about that. Uh, I want to put you on the spot and find out what is your ultimate G.I. Joe toy. Um, oh, that's we're easy. Break it down into factions and vehicles. So, your favorite Ooh. Joe figure, your favorite Cobra figure, your favorite Joe vehicle, and your favorite Cobra vehicle. And when I say Cobra, it could also be Destro's guys as well. Okay. All right. Well, that's yeah. easy. The Joe's easy for me. Yeah. Well, it was always Shockwave from '88. Like he. What? Yeah. Always. I look. I remember as a kid. Um, 
I, I Greek family, so I didn't get to buy very many toys for obvious reasons. Uh, always working in the family business. Um, but I remember my first paycheck. I walked down to our local Video Easy store and I'd walk in there. I'd check the comics out and there they were. They were just sitting there. And I went, blue, cool, I want, take, that was it. And I tore that sucker off quick. Well, there's a reason why he's my avatar. He is indeed my favorite action figure as well. And uh, I'm also going to jump the gun a little bit on my new shit and just say that um, this week past, I celebrated my birthday and Yay. Hans Chow of the Berg Force did an amazing artwork of Shockwave. Uh, beautifully done, very clean, very nicely shaded, very modern, but it's undeniably Shockwave. How like cool the is body Hans? armor. The, the buttons on his on his lapels I like the it. knife the cap the, the digi camo or you know whatever was the funky gi joe 1988 equivalent of digital camouflage yeah man it's a beautiful piece thank you hans but please continue nick uh, your favorite cobra figure if you please oh cobra was always hard for me but army builder really... or named character Oh, you really did put me on the spot for Cobra. You really did. Because Cobra, I was always a Joe fan and I was a, yeah, yeah Cobra, blah, blah, blah. But look, I'm going to say a name that a lot of people probably laugh at, but Buzzer was oh, one of my, um, yeah. Excellent. Uh, nice. It was the chainsaw gun. I mean, come on. Shit, yeah. 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 What a beautifully like, detailed piece. Who's taking that down? <laughs> it's also the only dreadnought dreadnought weapon at least out of the original three that makes a little bit more sense as an offensive weapon weapon i mean ripper's got the jaws of life or <laughs> jaws of death if you want to put someone to a very excruciating end but like <laughs> it's not the most practical like attack weapon and I know, a monkey wrench was obviously related to aquaman <laughs> very good <laughs> yeah i didn't know how that gun worked either was it a sort of a one-shot affair you just fired this trident and like i don't know was he eating your... with a like <laughs> who knows dude the teeth on my trident are all like uh they've all got stress marks so i think maybe as a young child i used that as a fork <laughs> it's got bends in all the right places so yeah crazy kid. anyways i was gonna say like um yeah of the original three the 1985 guys torch who's always pegged as a as a flamethrower like that's an acetylene torch that's a cutting tool that's not a flamethrower but uh, hey i mean we took creative licenses kids but buzzer i will accept man that is a great figure i always loved how he had that kind of rubberized ponytail Yes. It's always cool when there's like a little bit of mixed medium on the, the action figure. It just feels a bit more deluxe. He probably should have come with a surfboard, to be honest. Yeah, the ponytail, the sunnies. <laughs> I mean, like you could have seen him easily in California. This might blow your mind a little bit or might just go for a duck. But like he's got a tan shirt with all these kind of badges and stuff. And it looks like a more detailed badge than Duke's like jump wings. And Duke's obviously got a tan shirt and he's also a blonde-haired dude. I always imagined that, like, Buzzer was, like, some kind of Elseworlds Duke. Like, this is Duke who's kind of gone to the bad side. He's ripped off the sleeves on his, like, battle dress <laughs> uniform. He's pinned a bunch of other badges because he's practically losing his mind. And he's taken up a chainsaw as his weapon. Anyways, good picks. Good it. picks. 
Let's do vehicles. Oof, oof. Well, look, I never had it. I've sold. Uh, I've, 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 I've happily um, brought the joy to four different people in Australia because obviously shipping in a USS flag from America to Australia is oh. very expensive. Nice. So it's one thing that I believe, which will be the next HasLab item that will come out for GI Joe, which will be the USS flag. Um, I'm, I'm going to go the USS flag only because I've <laughs> never had one ever. But it's past your, your hands. I mean, did you actually inspect it? Did you take it? I mean, surely you must. Or do you take no. your, your, your guys at their word? Actually, um, I've, I've got very, very, very reputable and good suppliers. I've never had an yeah. issue. And see, the problem with the USS flag is because it costs around 700 US to ship in. Mm-hmm. For me to make any money off it would be pointless selling it to a, an Aussie collector. So because obviously I have my AFI, what I call family, um, mm-hmm. when guys want high-end items like that, I put them in touch with my guy and they buy them direct. So I don't actually make any money off it. I just, guys, if you really want it, I've got a guy that's got it. You do the deal with him, let him ship it direct to you and enjoy. So even the Defiance, I've sold, I think, probably five. Mm. Jeez. Otherwise, it wouldn't be portable. Yeah, no doubt, Mm. man. So the flag would uh, top out. I mean, the Defiance kind of in the second spot. Wow, okay. Yeah, as your favorite vehicle like some would argue that the flag isn't much of a vehicle but uh, that's exactly why we put it on on wheels once upon a time that's true around a bit yep bloody unwieldy thing um okay dude i don't know how you're going to top that with cobra vehicle and when i say vehicle it could be boxed items so the terradrome would count if you want to like round out the holy trinity <laughs> oh actually no i'm actually not a fan of the terradrome i think that's because i've actually had to pack it myself and ship it out to people so I, I I'm not a big not a big fan of the circular. Oh yes, of course. Yes. It doesn't fit boxes very well. You've not got a hell all. of a lot of packing material around it to stop it from moving around. Oh yes, mm. very much so. But I would uh, honestly say I believe the rattler for me is by mm. far, and that's a toughie too because um, there's some really nice Cobra vehicles out there. I'm actually looking at a few of them right now where I'm like the VTO. There's a lot of nice vehicles, but the Rattler for me is by far probably one of the best vehicles that they created um, for the Cobra run. It's tough to beat a classic and a great pilot as well. Yes. Love the contrast of like the red inside this deep blue plane. Yeah. No, it's, it's, and it's also the perfect playable size. Like, obviously, it's undersized compared to the real deal, but. It is very accommodating by being so compact. Anyways, we could sing the, the praises of the Rattler for the whole episode, I'm sure. We but, could. Um, let's swing the mic back over to our, our third companion over here. Paul, you've been very quiet. Uh, anything new you got in this week, brother? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I did. <laughs> so something that's really, really awesome about South African fans, and I'm not saying that uh, other fans around the world aren't like this, it's just that we're so used to, to dealing with the scraps um, sometimes when it comes to, to toy collecting and to buying toys from retail that uh, it's cool to see uh, uh, South African guys looking out for each other. And uh, it was on Thursday. Uh, I woke up, uh, had my, my morning meeting and while I'm in the middle of my meeting and listening to everybody chat and do their thing and uh, updates, uh, give the updates about work, yeah, super exciting stuff. I'm obviously, <laughs> I'm trolling Facebook. And what do I see? A, a guy posted, hey, Wave 6 is at um, 
this store uh, at Toy Zone in um, in Rudderport. Uh, yeah, I was just there 20 minutes ago, and they got quite a lot of stock. You know, go and get them, guys. And so yeah, so uh, I was I sat there and I was like, you know, just like you know, chomping at the bit because I wanted this meeting to be finished. And as soon as the meeting was over, I just sort of let the guys know I have to quickly go out for another meeting. And then I phoned <laughs> Toy Zone. <laughs> and I, prompt, I promptly asked them to keep some figures aside for me. Now, here's the thing. The line, the, the, the telephone line wasn't good. They couldn't hear me properly. I couldn't hear them properly. It was like jumbled. So I was like, okay, here we go. So uh, I jumped in a DD and I, and I shot off to, to Toy Zone. And yeah, let me show you what, what went down. So... As I get there, I don't there, know if they have uh, DD elsewhere. Might just be it's in South like Africa. An equivalent of Uber. Mm. No, DD. Yeah, yeah. Where's DD? I've seen it well, somewhere else, but uh, certainly not in Oz, or at least not in Townsville. <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> no, Paul, you have found those little kingdom dudes. I found oh, them, and I was like, "Wow, this is so cool!" Because this is the first time I'd seen the Megatron and this green dude. But the Megatron, I was like, wow, I, I, I was thinking, well, I'm here for He-Man. I might as well grab myself a Megatron. I was well. about to queue up the bloody He-Man jingle. Uh, you surprised me by showing me small Transformers. No, cute. well, like, no, don't worry, you can queue up the jingle. Um, but <laughs> the next picture, this is why I didn't buy any Kingdom Core figures. Because oh, check this out, ladies and gentlemen. That price, that's 399 Rand for a Kingdom Core figure. Okay, uh, just to put you guys in perspective, a deluxe class kingdom figure, uh, aka Cheetor, uh, Black Arachnia, or Arachnia, um, those go for, wait for it, 450 Rand. So you want to tell me that this thing is three quarters of the value? So, it's crazy. So what's that in Australian dollars? Just uh, divide by 10. So the core guys, uh, at, at Big W, you can get the core class for $20. In South Africa, it would cost you 30 gross wow. yeah so i thought that was a bit crazy so i figured okay well you know megatron can stay <laughs> and i've got i've got optimus and i've got soundwave from this line which i i bought from bbts and had sent you long ago um compliments of of bots uh you know um Paul, just to explain yeah. to everyone or refresh everyone's memory the reason you buy these basic basic like small versions of beloved transformers characters is because you think they scale better with the bigger guys like you would transform optimus into his truck mode and then put him next to grimlock of a different scale and then yeah i just say, kind of like oh, that giant idea robot giant yeah sorry giant dinosaur next to a small truck i don't know man transform like a t-rex isn't bigger than a that, that big yeah no exactly mm. true but I, I initially okay. thought that that's what they were trying to do with this line is to get them to yeah, sort of scale with um, the Predacon T-Rex and all that a little bit better. But you know what? Ultimately, I just like that they're kind of G.I. Joe size. They're fun to play with. They're actually really, really cool little toys. Um, really love the sound wave. It's probably one of the best sound waves I own, uh, in all honesty. Except for the mm. fact that the tape doesn't transform into laser beak, it's amazing that it actually has a tape and that the tape deck opens. But anyway, um, I digress. So as I'm going through, what do I see? Boom! <laughs> ah, so, yes, we just brought those in. Yeah, so... Heberg. <laughs> <laughs> I love this, <laughs> Ryan. <laughs> anyway, um, so yeah, so I promptly uh, 
this was actually taken after I'd grabbed my figures off the shelf. <laughs> um, and it was cool to see that they actually had all of them. There's plenty of green goddess to go around. I could only grab two. But that's because I was getting a little bit nervous about this line. Um, there's a lot of like talks about Wave 6 being in short supply. I don't know how much of that is true. I don't know how much of that is drummed up by uh, individuals who are maybe more paranoid than I am. But uh, yeah, so the local guys are just saying, oh, you know, Mattel South Africa says that you know, they can't get Wave 6, blah, blah, blah. So I actually went and bought um, uh, the, the Goddess and the Beastman on BBTS and also grabbed a Stinkor and a Web Store on BBTS. And then, um, yeah. How much were they? The uh, they weren't stink. bad. They were like 16 uh, $16. $16 uh, they worked up, uh, yeah, they work out. Uh, this, this is the BBTS price. They're $16 on BBTS, if I'm not mistaken, 16 or 18 Um, And then locally, these go for 200 Rand. So that's about $15, more or less. That's yeah. good. That's um, very good. Wow. Very good. Yeah. So, yeah, so I, I picked up Stinkor and Web Store for myself. Um, does Stinkor actually smell? Come on, man. I'm dying he does. He does, but it's not a stinky smell. Um, yeah. He smells more plasticky than the other He-Man <laughs> figures. Like, I know it sounds weird, and I actually had to look this up online to see if maybe there was something wrong with my, my ability to smell. And it turns out, no, it actually is just a more plasticky smell. It doesn't have the patchouli <laughs> smell of the vintage of the original. Um, so that's a sad face. So as I'm cruising through the toy aisles, uh, yeah, exactly. Lame. I was also hoping it would be a stinky figure. But um, <laughs> so I'm cruising through the toy aisle and I see the uh, uh, these guys, you know, these DC dudes. I don't understand uh, why they are casting some of these. Yeah, you know, why are they making them gold? It's just weird. Um, it's just weird. I got nothing. Just, yeah. Yeah, like, squeeze a squeeze a bit more money out of the consumer. Yeah. Maybe like, if she if was invisible to go with the invisible jet, I Jets. get it, but gold. Yeah, I don't know. And oh, it's not well, the first one I've seen in gold, so Wonder Woman being in gold, at least there's some precedent. Like Wonder Woman eighty four, okay, her she wasn't gold skinned, but like her armor was that cool you know. gold armor. <laughs> That's yeah, true. But still look, those collectibles yeah, they definitely are just whoa. Sorry, wow. oh, you're distracting me with a, a playset that I've that? never seen. Yeah, so this is a big playset that's shaped like Batman, and it opens oh, up, and wow. it looks like quite a lot of fun. Yeah, is it scaled for the four-inch guys? It is. Yeah, I think it actually comes with a Batman. Yeah, this. Yeah, so they and that thing's about three grand, um, but it's <laughs> three hundred. But it's over. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's over thirty-three inches tall. That's eighty-three Probably 200 US. I think that's. Would you would you say that um, dollar value is like two two thirds the number of the 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 Oz dollar value? Am I making any sense, Nick? Oh, you mean like uh, three hundred Australian to two hundred US? Two hundred US. With that oh, look, track? that's that's a good approximation. Yeah, for sure. Sure. Okay. Yeah. Easy so, two two twenty-five. Mm. Yeah. That's so this huge. thing looks like fun, man. It that's looks huge. Like and it comes with a Batmobile, and it's got a little training area there with an upside-down um, Wing Chun dummy, and it's got some cool <laughs> stuff going for it. Um, I'm I'm excited about these on clearance or finding them on the secondary market when a whole bunch of kids in two years' time get rid of them. But 
Well, because it I'm sure not going to spend the three... previous Batcave that Spin Master made for that line, which uses just a lot of cardboard, and I'm like, eh. Lame. Yeah. yeah. Give me something with a bit more plastic construction, please. In this day and age. Back. I'm hoping yeah. to find this dude at some point, though. Uh, like King Shark. King Shark. <laughs> yeah, I'd, I'd love to get a King Shark from this line, just because I... Uh, one thing I got to say about Spin Master's line, I love that they play around you can with give these them to your giant proportions. Feel feel no pain. They're very durable. Mm. Mm. No, but, so, uh, so, that's so, the that's the single carded King Shark, if I'm not mistaken. The correct jaw has a more shark like face. Came with like some kind of mecha biting mask. I don't know. Thing. <laughs> I'm not and so as I'm well. like, so as I'm trolling, I also saw this, which was a fun little looking, a fun looking little vehicle. Um, comes oh, with a very buff looking Mr. Freeze. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, the Mr. Freeze is cool in there. Although he looks a bit buff, but like I like this vehicle. I think it's well, really cool. What is unfortunately the most notorious appearance of Mr. Freeze? It's mm -hmm. not Batman the animated series. It's Arnold. Which is so <laughs> sad because always the, be Arnold. What but it's also the like the, the Ice Age. Age. <laughs> and oh, I mean Mr. No. Freeze like is just such a great great character. I really love Mr. Freeze. And also this Bane is badass. Look at that. Like I love how chunky he is. He and this bike is cool. I dig this bike. I may actually buy this set for myself. Oh, Paul. Okay. Good. Well, I've, I've anyway. been enjoying this action figure line for a little while. Um but yeah, don't put your back out trying to find them. That King Shark, I if I'd known you wanted one they came and uh, went uh, this side of the pond, this side I, of the two oceans. Oh man, I totally didn't even think to ask you because uh, a local toy shop had him on their website and I'd actually ordered it from the website and then they sent me an email like, oh sorry, we can't get that one. Uh, even though it's listed on the website, we actually didn't receive stock. So I'm like, wow, it's like amateur hour. But anyway, <laughs> um, you know, like that kind of irritated me. But anyway, here's my Stinkor. He is at my home. I just uh, posed him there because because uh, it was fun to to put him with my other toys. And then um, web the store shrine of Stinkor. And then there's web store. Web store is actually such a great toy, like really fun. Like I had a lot of fun with web store. I didn't think I would enjoy web store as much as I do. Um, <laughs> do you always pronounce it web store? Because that sounds like something. You know, like a web store, like an online store. Online yeah. store. You can't say web star because obviously yeah. you're thinking of the Cosby Kids all of a sudden. Exactly. <laughs> web <Webster. laughs> so, yeah, Like geez. that's why I'm very like deliberate with that because I would think he would have been cooler if he was called Spydor, but whatever. Um, but yeah, he just looks so badass, man. I dig him. He's just great, and it's cool because these two figures kind of um, because as much as I enjoy He Man, I don't know the law and stuff that well. But it's kind of cool because mm. they round out my um, my Masters of, of the Universe uh, evil mercenaries, bad guys kind of uh, unit. You know, you've got Stinkhorn and Triclops and Trapjaw and what's the other one? I mean, okay, Ninja technically is not really part of that group in my mind. But anyway, it's just like it was cool to have them all like stacked up and ready to do some damage. And that was fun. So yeah, so that was my... my um, my toy hunting, I managed to get two toys this week and I feel quite happy about it, so. Yay! Did Celia have an opinion on any of the new hauls? Oh yeah, no, she... <laughs> she was so excited because I came out of the meeting and I'm like... Because she, she was actually at home, um, she hadn't gone to work yet because she was still doing reports and stuff. And I'm like, babe, like, 
Stinko in web store at the toy shop. She's like, are you going? I'm like, yeah. She's like, okay. <laughs> like, she's just excited for me. And I actually waited for her to get home from work before I opened a uh, web store. Because I opened Stinkor immediately. But I waited for Celia to get home to open the web store. Because I thought that would be cool. You know, links, like, you know get her, <laughs> get her in on the fun. The web store. <laughs> yeah, I know. But it's just weird to call him Webster. Because then I also think of that show that was on TV. Um, All right. When I was a kid. Mm. Nick, I shudder to think, man, in terms of new acquisitions this past oh. week, long list. <laughs> Where would you like? You know what? The biggest one that um, I was really happy to get, and uh, we were actually talking about scalping, um, Paul and I, just before the show started, and it's really interesting. But um, because we're an Australian-based business, obviously, we can't walk into Walmart. As you know, Steve, uh, we don't have a Walmart here. And a lot of the American products don't actually get stocked. So when my new supplier came up and said, hey, would you be interested in some WWE Moto? I went, eh, look, I got wave one through to three in and I didn't I've sell very well. Who's a big fan of Sergeant Slaughter. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny though. It, I didn't know what was in wave uh, seven when he said it to me, but um, I brought wave one and three in and it was no good. So I sold it to a local guy who's a big wrestling seller. And um, he's actually, I supply him with wrestling figures. Um, and I thought, oh, look, what's in it? And he showed me it was Sergeant Slaughter. I went, you know what? What's the time frame? What's the price? He told me, I went, oh, I don't know if people are going to want to pay like $75 Australian for a figure is a lot. Because um, obviously, you know, I have to, I'd love to sell things for cost price, but i got to pay rent, food, and yeah, kids through school, as they say. Um, but I thought I'll throw them up there. Sold out in three hours. I went, okay. Mm. And it was only like 10 sets. So I thought, look, how many can you get me? He said, look, I can do up to 30. I said, look, I'll, I'll put them up. Sold out in nine hours. I should probably get this from the horse's wow. mouth, but um, how many of those units did uh, Zazel grab? Hmm. Zazel, uh, he'll probably listen to this. And you know what? I'm going to give it up right now and let him know. He's actually getting a free one. Oh, yeah. I love that. Yes. Well, <laughs> yes. you have it was going to be a surprise. You, you, I mean, you know about his quest to have oh, 777 yes. Sergeant Slaughters. I have so, been adding um, to his quest very, very often, <laughs> actually. You've paved um, that road. <laughs> so we got, we got the WWE in, which was really good. Um, with that deal, though, I was able to get a lot of Hasbro Pulse stuff in. So a lot of the Star Wars, like Thrones and the Bad Batch that, we again, we don't get here. And obviously that we can't buy from Hasbro because they're exclusives unless you, you know, ship from one place to another place to Australia to, oh, it's crazy. So the other thing I got in, which was really cool of my own collection, because I'm a very big Rise of Cobra fan, was uh, hmm. I picked up about 20 vehicles and about 100 figures. <coughs> Excuse me. Oh, my word. Wow. Mm. That, that preempted uh, a question that I did have for you about whether or not you managed to maintain your own collection and the business or is everything up for sale you know it's so you've got hard. stuff that is that is yours it's very hard very hard mm. the amount of auctions that i do that i have things going through my hands going you know what i could probably just know no no <laughs> slap that hand um, pretty much nick rise of cobra wow that is interesting mm. Yeah. Yes. For a, guy, for a guy who who likes Shockwave, who likes the flag, who likes you know all these classics, Buzzer, it's all like Rise of Cobra was a completely different aesthetic, and you like it? I love it absolutely. Oh, I don't know what it is about the line. I just love. I think it's. 
I think it's the way the figures were carded. The vehicles were pretty cool. Just a modern swing. Look, the movie sucked. Sure. I'm not going to argue with you there. It sucked. Whew. I'm not. Thank I'm not. I'm not going to. I'm not. <coughs> at no point have to dance around that point. Like nope, nope. Mm, movie awkward. sucked. Hundred <laughs> yeah. percent. Seriously, so Trey bad. But having said that, the toy line, even though it wasn't popular in Australia. For me, I, I thought it was brilliant. Like, I loved the way they modernized the, the G.I. Joe line. They took mm. the vintage in a play. Like, even Shock Blast, because obviously Hasbro lost the rights to Shockwave, which a lot of people <laughs> don't realize. Um, <laughs> that's why we have a Shock Blast, G.I. Joe, not a Shockwave. Um, even him in the uh, Toys R Us exclusive packs, it, it was just a sensational figure. Very much exactly the same as the uh, vintage one. Sure, yeah. I got, mm. got one of those myself. Um, okay, awesome. I just remember... The Rise of Cobra toy line, it feeling like a, a clean break. Obviously, it was. I mean, the, the, the packages were different and everything. But the 25th anniversary, while it gave us these kind of idealized versions of the classics, it wasn't doing anything new. And also, in retrospect, hasn't necessarily aged that well. Like, there's some weird proportion issues. It seems like by the time we got Rise of Cobra and the movie toys, that had all been sorted out. Everyone had great ranges of motion back you know the double knees the, the elbows could finally go past 90 on some of the figures um yeah man rise of cobra was was kind of a watershed moment and i, I think well i'm just glad that you find um some some preference for it because a mm. lot of collectors snub it as like ugh, they hate tainted it. tainted by that movie but <laughs> like, army build the movie, everything the movie design storm shadow hasn't really been surpassed like you know they, they went back to the well of that same design with this latest Snake Eyes movie. Just mm -hmm. this cool, like, ultra-modern, like, double-breasted sort of jacket with a high collar and the mask. And, like, it's what, like a... What would you call it? Coattails? What would you call yeah. it, Paul? Yeah, it's I would say... Sort of long yeah, it's tunic. Like a, yeah, it's like a... It's like a... Yeah, it's, it's just a long jacket. It just looks cool. And then... It's tight, man. It's a very, like, svelte update. You know, I, would, not, I would dress like that. <laughs> Not the not, not the 80s anymore. Like putting pajamas on screen just doesn't doesn't work. <laughs> hey man. Okay, wicked. That's amazing. What kind of vehicles did you pick up? Did you pick up a few uh, rolling operations? Come on. Oh no, was it called the the pits? The the mobile pit. The mobile yeah. pit. I have nine of those already mint in boxes. <laughs> no. So what do you do with nine of them? I don't. Well, they're in the laundry right now in boxes. <laughs> just in their mailer boxes look i army build it i i've always had this dream of one day i'll have a, a shop front not so much like old school where kids and families could come they could check out the toys they could buy the toys but in right in the middle was a big massive um island cobra island and you could like step up you could go upstairs you could look down on it or you could walk around it and um i, I wanted to use the rise of cobra figures as the benchmark for the cobra island so you'd have like all the ravens there i think i had i had at one stage 15 but i've only got like nine left now but um most of my stuff is mint in pack i don't really do loose all right so um space is very hard no as doubt you could imagine <laughs> yeah well i mean having them loose presents a different problem altogether but like yeah mint in box you can stack them better but that takes up just a little bit more space wouldn't you find oh um, yes You've got this this wall of, of boxes. Jeez, Nick. Okay. Oh, so <laughs> just before we, we shift focus again, um, on the topic of Zazel Phoenix of Sergeant Slaughter's Slaughterhouse, this weekend past, he premiered yet another 
episode of his Slaughterhouse Wrestling Championships. Yes. The link will be in the description below. I checked out the premiere. The guy really knows how to play with his toys. He doesn't just collect <laughs> figures. He, uh, yeah, man. He, he strings together some superb action figure adventures. And um, while the wrestling is always good and action-packed, I must say he's building the intrigue of this world. It's it's an awesome piece of work. Um, three episodes deep and really looking forward to number four. So, yes, check it out. The title bout is um, Blanca versus Taurus. Oh, it was Blanca and Taurus. I wasn't sure. Yeah. I saw Taurus's face, but I wasn't mm-hmm. sure if Taurus got through. Well, Zazel hey. does some great promotions work. Like, this week past, he, he's been putting up clips of, like, Taurus in training and, like, banners of the characters. So, yeah, it's a real treat. I'm, I'm so thrilled to see this guy. You know, living the dream, man. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Playing with and his toys a, for our for our benefits. And the beautiful thing about Zazel is he's a longtime collector and he's actually a really nice person. The amount of video chats that we've had together, um, just in regards to I've actually asked him too, what does he think about me bringing, like, when I brought Action Force in, what his thoughts were on it when uh, when we discussed it. So I actually take a lot of the community's um, feedback on board when I do look at lines to bring in. And Zazel's, look, a great guy all around. Well, it was my drinking buddy until he left Townsville. Yeah. <laughs> Bastard. <laughs> but yeah, no, he, he's actually formed like a personal relationship with Sergeant Slaughter. And that's just the coolest story of all. Like your childhood idol, who's still very much in the game, in the biz, going to conventions, doing signings, making appearances. And now in the age of the internet, you know, this, this wobbly toothed kid from Australia looking up at his wrestling hero in awe in the 80s and 90s now actually is able to chat live with the guides it's killer it's awesome yeah but as I say, on that one. the episode oh what? nick who was your childhood hero oh i don't know if i want to say it because it might it, it flies in the face of zazel he might not talk to me ever again um Iron and Sheep. you guys oh, might no, laugh Hulk. no no Hulk, even no. even worse i was a butterbean fan actually back oh, in the day word. i know i know I know. Wow. See, y'all just y'all just took a step back. Then went. Why did we get him on the show? This is ridiculous. <laughs> Guys, help me and a portion of the audience. Who the hell is Butterbean? Oh, you've never heard of Butterbean, the American uh, wrestler. Oh man, American like that's a part of my childhood that just didn't feature <sighs> at all. There were kids that were into wrestling big time. I couldn't look past the fact that like it was so obviously and patently scripted. Like, I thought, you know, I was dumb enough as a kid to think, no, man, wrestling needs to be, like, real and a competitive sport. Like, I didn't get back then that it was for the entertainment value. You know, it was a a drama that was unfolding week to week, um, much like any kind of sort of serialized episodic show of the time. Anyways, getting back to Butterbean. Nick, Think of days of our lives, right? Think of days of our lives, but as a sporting background. And as, as, and super, exactly that's all it was like you had a, a boxing champion roll up in there and like, he was just he was the underdog he was you look at him you go really what are you doing in the book why why are you in the wrestling ring was he a big boy he, he was, a big boy. Yeah, he was a big boy he was a big boy but and he, he he's still a, uh, i think he's still even fighting i mean as of like seven years ago i think he was still doing some fights as well if i'm not yep. mistaken yeah yeah, yeah. what yeah that astounds me i mean sure i know it's probably rehearsed or it must be rehearsed and and you know their their kind of appearances are are somewhat limited but still to get into the ring 
at you know ripe old age i mean my knees are going and i'm 37 <laughs> years young like what the hell oh, i hear you there i, I can tell you my I do CrossFit every week and my shoulder is very sore and I'm only like 42. So I hear you very well there. Uh, they can These do it. boys are in their 60s and 70s. And they're rocking and rolling. How old's Kane now? It was, what's he, like 112? <laughs> <laughs> in and out of a Lazarus pit. Well, that's incredible, man. What was it about Butterbean that, uh, that pulled you in? As you say, underdog. Yeah, but, I, I think it was the underdog. This great personality. What yeah, was from, as a kid, for me, I was more heavy set. So, okay. you know, I, I, I always looked at it as like people would look at, you know, what it was like when we were at school, you had those groups. He just was the guy that was like, you know what? I don't care what you think. This is me. Come on, bring it. If you think you, you can say whatever you want in life, but until I am on the canvas, you can't say anything. <laughs> That's what yeah, I loved about him. It's like, okay, yeah, you got muscles. You six foot. The hand came out like the rock and said, come on, come on. That's what I loved about him. And he's an impressive... I mean, I think even now with the fighting side of things, I think he's actually doing um, actual fights. It's not He's not doing uh, entertainment uh, sport, uh, entertainment wrestling or anything. He's actually doing... I hate to use this term real wrestling because in a lot of ways, WWE <laughs> is actually really very real. It's a lot of stunts, stunt work and a lot of like hard work. Um, so no offense to the to the wwe guys but i think he's been doing some cage stuff actually old butterbean uh well he was well, he's in his 50s so i think he's like yeah. 55 56 now so yeah so I like know. i think that yeah and i'm talking about like a few years ago or maybe it even maybe it's just like videos that we had watched a while back and it is actually from fights that he had earlier on in his career but he's he's quite formidable that dude actually i mean to, to see him in something like wwe or, or what is it? Um, I think he was in WCW as well, whatever. I don't know why I know so much about this. Actually, I do know why, but I'm not <laughs> going to go into it. Um, I was never a big, big fan of this. I was just always a spectator of it. Uh, my buddy Dave, he loves WWE, like big time. And uh, of course, you know, as kids, we used to um, always like punch and fight and wrestle and stuff. I mean, David was like my ultimate sparring partner uh, growing up. And so, yeah, the sharpshooter, the razor's edge. Uh, I, what is that? I, I, I've, I, I haven't been suplexed, but like, yeah, we, we <laughs> you know, I've been in a few locks because of David, thanks to, to WWE. Um, and I've learned, like, I've got a bit of floor game because of it, thanks, uh, you know, thankfully. But yeah, man, uh, that, that's the extent of my WWE knowledge. But then, you know, David talks and he's excited about it. So I'm like, uh-huh. Uh-huh. And I'm like, I, I'd far prefer him speaking about WWE or WCW or whatever it is instead of Man United. No offense to <laughs> football. <laughs> oh, that's funny. James. In actual fact, it's funny you say football. Actually, um, one of my um, relatives played for the South African national team during the uh, World Cup. There you go. Right. Yes, you just you just reminded me, believe it or not. After we won Euro, my, uh, my cousin played for the Greek national team in 1994, but... Uh, your Greek. Oh, now I'm going to try. I'm going to forget. I'm going to look really bad. So he's obviously not going to listen to this, which is really good. But he did play in the South Africa World Cup when you guys had it there. Nick, um, I I'm going to confess that uh, my mother's Greek. So, oh, ah, yeah. we're probably related then. Fair enough. Okay. <laughs> Indeed. indeed. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> um, oh, guys, as I say, I, um, I celebrated a birthday this week past. Yay, tell and us about it. Of course I got some swag. 
Oh, Show yes, us the swag. yes, oh yay. Not much. Uh, one being the microphone that you're currently listening to me on. <laughs> uh, the other being a delightful transformer from a bygone era called Black Arachnia. Ooh, oh, that's yeah, called Black Arachnia. Dig it. Bloody amazing. Like, I think to myself, wow, you really get an idea of the diminishing returns of modern Transformers. Because this, this is, I don't know what the class designation is, but this isn't a big figure. And yet she's enormous. I mean, being a female Transformer, she's never going to come with a lot of plastic. Like, she's, you know, she's limber, she's lean. But just the, the size of it. Hey. So nasty. Ugh. It's nasty, and it's purple, which is the perfect color for any Decepticon creepy crawly. Okay, I know mm. she's not a Decepticon at this point. She's actually a Maximal in the... Okay, sorry, I should specify. This is the Beast Machines Black, black Arachnia. Right. So she's okay. purple with these violently beautiful translucent uh, yellow or lurid green sections. Um it's like perfect Decepticon color. What is that? A deluxe? Size, a deluxe size? I wouldn't know. I think the size classes have changed over the years, um, and I can't remember what they were called back in her day. So, you know, I'm useless. Transformers <laughs> are not my my area of expertise. But uh, don't uh, worry, of course, I, I, doing some show and tell as well. I also wanted to have a creepy Decepticon that was yellow and purple. My <laughs> box of my box of all those is out in the lounge room, so I can't I can't show any. So. Oz, brother but yeah, yeah she's she's incredible and, and like such a satisfying and simple transformation you literally just slam her legs together and uh and she's halfway there um, <laughs> but... i just read one of the comments there one would think in australia you got actual spiders just yeah you know what my daughter literally just jumped out of my ex-wife's car today because there was a tree spider the size of her hand so yes you oh, are yeah. right chasing yes. 80 toys yeah I mean, I love spiders. I think they're like fascinating creatures, but I don't know. My blood still runs cold when I see them, especially yeah, when no, they're no. over a certain size. You Anything oh. over invisible, I'm done. So. <laughs> Guys, like I say, she's wow, a big figure, man. Yeah, that's a and big figure, yeah. Beautiful, Looks like it's uh, Voyager size. Portions. Yeah, and my favorite feature of all, like... Black Arachnia in this uh, sculpt actually looks like a female. She kind of looks like the Baroness with this long black mm. hair. The original Black Arachnia in Beast Wars was actually just Tarantula's uh, repaint, so it didn't look very feminine at all. But not only does she have light piping... Oh, you're actually not going to see that. Damn. <laughs> I thought I was being so clever with a torch. Like, who's <laughs> she looks awesome like she has light piping in the abdomen. She's got yeah. light piping all over the place, guys. It's as wow. I said, beautifully done with the, with all the translucent plastic. That's but a lovely figure. Got, she's got this crest that opens up to reveal her. So it's sort of closed, and then you push it up, and she's got additional eyes. She's got these sort oh, of wow. arachnid eyes, which sweet the light. What a cool noise. toy, dude! That's, That's actually really, really cool. Ah shit. So, anyways, I saw it and I I, I loved it and I had to have it. Um, impulse buy, even though I'm not a Transformers guy. But she's gorgeous, terrifying. <laughs> uh, my wife hates her. She's like, "Don't come near me with that thing." She doesn't like it. Anyway, so we both got the spider the toys this week. Yeah. I 
Oh, right. The other thing that I got, and I didn't know as a, growing up that Webster was uh, an arachnid, but hey, now I know. That's That I explains his bloody, his bloody grapple gimmick. Anyway, Which is great. The other, I know, right? Who knew? It's so um, It was broken by the time I inherited it from my brother. So uh, obviously, I did break know. easy. Yeah. Well, the vintage. Yeah. yeah. They're very thin. And once it's snapped open, you can see that the, the plastic is not a clean um, press. Like there, there's like air bubbles inside that plastic, that purple plastic, which is like, oh, I'm, I'm feeling like, bombs. I'm feeling like Steven has a mud buster there. <laughs> you know, it, it looks Nick. like a mud buster. Yeah, hey. I thought it was. There she I, is. I, I finally bought this bad boy from old 93. Um, it's, it's a satisfying, chunky little wagon. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, man. But, now that I, I have it in review. hand, I realize what it is about it that's so weird. Okay, so the bed is proportionate to the cab, fine. But then it's got this teeny tiny little little hood. The bonnet is so short. So you know what the story with that one there is, yeah? Well, I, I'm starting to think that it was made for a different scale. Well, there's like two, one, different, two different toys. Smashed. Oh, oh, sorry. You're talking about the ice snake, the shared parts. Correct. The ice yeah. Snake. Yeah. Yeah. Right. What they did was they repurposed the parts. Mm. And did you know, Nick, that the wheels come from the the hammer? Correct. Aha, right. Mr. Juma. Right. Boom, boom. Not, 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 not going to be able to. Fool, I like that. that one, Steve. But it's amazing though when you think about it, how they repurpose so much. Smart, making a whole new vehicle, but. But I honestly thought that like the scaling was off because it's got these token doors. It's even got a little door handle. But mm -hmm. it doesn't open. But it doesn't open. But I mean, it's it's comically undersized for even a, a three and three quarter inch Joe. And then when I look into the cab, I've got Spirit in there. Um, so cool. It's a nice, it's a Much nice jealous. cab. They sit nice and deep into it, but almost too deep. Like they should be sitting up there, I think, you know. If you think about where a car door comes up to you, like you should be able to rest your, your elbow on it. But no, he's all the way down there, which is, as I say, I'm not going to complain. It's a great thing that this is so I like armored. it, though. Mm. It, it looks, looks like it something looks either Dreadnought or something yeah. that the A-Team the would cobble together at the end of the episode. It's <laughs> underrated. It's great fun. And because it's a 1993 vehicle and they're pretty affordable um i have no qualms about rampaging this thing through the lawn <laughs> as it should be exactly. and it's very satisfying it's got a nice high ride you know good clearance good toy great no one has a suspension right still has a that's the one with the suspension like it actually i believe so but yeah i don't get i don't get much give out of it it's got a kind of a plastic leaf spring to it mm. i don't know if i can show it on camera but yeah right yeah right, right there right there that, that should give it some 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 bounce but it's not like the all strikers it doesn't no that was that's a beautiful car that's that's a great vehicle but in, in a sort of element of fragility as well like true to say that in 1995 they were building them to last whereas by 1993 it was just get the toy out the door but even so, like even the, the 85 stuff is coming apart, man. You got to be very careful with your, your silver marshes and your, your ore strikers. Or your snowcats. You'll, you'll, you'll crush the, uh, thread, uh, the, the uh, tread with your one hand. Don't say that. 
Oh, yeah. Be very careful with those. I can tell you, I have about what 500 snowcat parts here and I literally test them before I sell them. I'll hold them in one hand and squeeze the thre tread. And if it, if it crackles, it goes in the bin. It was the, uh, yeah, they use cheap plastic. Do you think maybe like people were playing with them in the snow and that's caused them to have like such like a cool vehicle, issues? man? What they found was um, um, it was the company where they made them because a lot of the stuff you'll see, uh, what was it? You'll notice uh, on the, I think it's the Tiger Rat, you got like um, a different, you got the same stamp, but it's got like Mexico. Uh, yeah. Tiger got, like, Cat. Tiger yeah. Cat, sorry, yeah. Uh, you'll have like a different stamp, like South American stamp. When they moved the manufacturing, apparently they'd use cheaper plastics. And what you'll find is with the snowcat, which just happened to be the snowcat, um, the black tread, it's just the degradation over time. Because let's be realistic, put in perspective, that snowcat is actually 36 years old. Uh -huh. yeah. So, you know, the amount of, the amount of oxygen and uh, air and like you said, even snow, dirt, all that sort of stuff, eventually over time, it does wear into it, but the snowcat tread is one of the funny ones because, like I said, I've got like a hundred snowcat treads here, and when I buy bulk lots of vehicles and I strip them down and clean them, I will literally grab them, hold it in my hand, and go crunch. Okay, that's going mm. in the bin. Okay, well, good, good for you, man. Like I can imagine a lot of sellers out there who aren't as savvy. I mean, that would be mm. stock in trade, and then the buyer gets it and then. It's it's a debacle it's like uh, exactly yeah no did it happen in transit uh blah, blah blah anyways yeah you don't want to get that mess on your hands very good um yeah. and you just reminded me of a story uh paul do you remember when we uh joined michael mercy on his um his cartoon commentaries for the mass device yes yeah i do recall yeah well shortly after that you know he was saying like i love how you guys play with your stuff in the wild i'm thinking of doing the same thing and then he did his first Toys Gone Wild episode with, with the Snowcat. Snow yes. Yeah. And while it's an amazing video, and I urge anyone listening to this to check it out, uh, he had a, a, a bit of breakage happening. I mean, Canada is properly cold. And so the black fender on the side of the Snowcat, he said, just snapped right off. Like, oh. busted. Um, yeah, no, it's very sad. Though he's pretty chipper about it in the video. I mean, it's, it's unfortunate, but... You know, he, he got some use out of it. He played with his toy, and I will always applaud that. But, yeah, that's why I was thinking, Nick, that maybe exposure to cold, like, will alter the plastic, like, forever. Uh, it's, 100%. It's extreme cold. And then you kind of bring it into a warm environment, and while it might not break down immediately, like, the damage is already done. It's become a time bomb. Anyways, mm. this is utterly depressing. Jens, uh, we do a quick round of uh, what's been watching, reading, or playing this past oh, week. Totally, but before we do that, can I just do a small little shout out just to uh, the it. man we call Darren Cobb? It was also his birthday this week. Uh, happy, so, happy Darren! Happy, happy birthday! Darren. There you go. He got the, uh, the 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 razor crest from his girlfriend. What? Yep, that's a keeper right there. Yeah, yeah, totally. yeah. The girlfriend. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. The girlfriend, Darren. The girlfriend. Both. But I mean, obviously the, the razor crest as well. <laughs> yeah, but cool. Yeah. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, so what are you watching, playing, or reading, Steve? Ah, uh, no, let's swing it over to our guest first. Nick, hit us, man. Uh, you do you know get what? any time to actually do any of those those, those leisure activities? I, I did, and you know what? I had my daughter over for the weekend, and literally it was only last night I finally got a chance to watch Shang-Chi. Me too. I saw it too. <laughs> oh. That makes three of us. Okay, 
Spoilers in three, two, one. No, I don't, I don't know. Can yeah. you spoil this movie? I don't think there's a spoiler. I don't think you can. Um, I the only suggestion I would have is if you're gonna watch it and you haven't, watch All Hail the King first before you watch it like we did. It's only a 13 minute thing on uh, Disney, but um, my daughter didn't want to watch the movie. She said this looks lame. My exact her exact words. She's 11. She watched the 13 minute one. She went, oh, "This is lame. He's so boring." Five minutes into the the movie, we were playing Uno, and I went, "It's your turn." She goes, "Can we just watch the movie?" I went, "Of course, my dear." So she was all into it, and as soon as certain things came out, she was like glue-eyed on it. Finished the movie, went, "Is that it? Is there another one? Is there a second part? Does it go again? Is there another movie coming?" I'm like, "Relax, December. I can't okay, wait that so long." So she watched All Hail the King, which is the kind of epilogue to Iron Man yeah. three. But had yes. she watched Iron Man 3? Yes, she has. Okay, good. So she, she wasn't plunged in at the deep end. Like, who the hell is this Mandarin guy? Who is Trevor Slattery? Like, huh? no, No, she oh, has okay, a... Good. Having a dad... She's actually been on some of my auctions. So um, she uh, Dude, she's very well known to the, the toys. I don't know how you run them on your own. It's It must be <laughs> maddening to be tracking the chats on one hand. Like, playing to the camera like with the rest of you and then also jotting down who gets like what anyways <laughs> that's that's proper skill dude I, I i enjoy watching the professional at work you continue um shang chi guys did we love it did we hate it are we indifferent to it loved it okay i yeah i thoroughly enjoyed it um because it was a great kung fu flick <laughs> uh like I'm I'm kind of a little jaded about Marvel stuff, and and Steve, I, I think you know this because uh, of, uh, during oh, the course of the week we've been, uh, we've been having a bit of a back and forth about uh, just I mean I just seen Shang Chi and uh, I let Stephen know my thoughts. <laughs> um, for the most part, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was like a fun film. I I enjoyed the action sequences. I especially love that um, the the camera angles used for the action sequences. It was cool to see that kind of camera work used. Like, for example, when you see him in the bus and it's shot from the outside of the bus. Um, I love that. That was very cool. I also enjoyed that a lot of the Kung Fu was done with feet on the ground as opposed to it wasn't a lot of like wushu, crazy, mad work, yeah. acrobatic stuff. And like, I'm, I'm fine with that. I was just glad that it wasn't in it. It was refreshing um, to have a lot of... Oh, like there was I said, plenty like, of it, though, as well. But there I, was, I, I get there your was. point. It wasn't full-on crouching tiger, hidden dragon all the yeah, time. Yeah, it was more... more um, you could see... Literally watching the movie, you could see someone physically doing what they were doing based on like us watching things like Bruce Lee and that. You go, exactly. okay, well, you know what? That's, that's, that's realistic. The court, Like the one-inch punch, all that sort of mm. stuff. That was fantastic. The biggest thing that I loved about Shang-Chi, though, was it was like watching Ant-Man again. Like, you had your Luis, you had Kim. You know, like, you had that one mm. character that was always making that one funny comment right at the right time. I, I thought that was a beautiful thing. That That's the one thing I love about the Marvel series, though, that they've kept it full-on with action, beautiful cinematography, great storyline, and... They've also kept the humor going after we finished Endgame. Because let's be realistic, um, we just spent a solid 10 years building this epic saga of Infinity War and Endgame. And for guys like me that actually read the comic books, mm -hmm. and that's how I judge a, a TV show, 
like they're bringing out my favorite characters. I, I grew up with Captain America and Thor. I expected mm. to see a certain, not so much uh, character, but uh, personality. My mm. idea of Captain America, Chris Evans played it to a T. My idea mm. of Thor's character and like his personality was played to a T. Now, I've never read a Shang-Chi book, so I had no idea. So I was going into that blindfolded and I was blown away. Mm. Cool. Good. Well, yeah, I think I, that, that speaks for most of us. Uh, Shang-Chi is not, you know, not a, one of the top tier characters by any stretch. Wonderful that he has a solo movie. And mm. hopefully it's building into a kind of a refresh of the Avengers roster. And uh, also, I loved, I loved seeing a lot of the, uh, like, there's a, a style of Kung Fu called uh, Bagua, uh, or Bagua Shang, uh, is more correct. Um, and a lot of what is taught in that sort of, mystical land uh, by you know um i can't even think of the name's character now but by his yeah like she does a lot of the the bagua stuff and she shows him a lot of the bagua and she does it properly like it's done well of course she does it properly she's um a trained martial artist but it's just cool to see it on screen being used without being too like it wasn't overcooked it was used the way it should be used you know what I mean? And, yeah. and um, yeah, and I, I mean, obviously, it's a movie that creates set pieces for these things to work. But it's just cool to see that because that's a lot of this, like, I've been taught a lot of that stuff. And it's interesting because you can see how well trained certain guys are in that movie. Like, and this is maybe a little bit of a critique, uh, but also maybe an acknowledgement of style. But the main characters, uh, martial arts, uh, sort of, uh, abilities uh, are much better than say the the sort of henchmen and whatever's because on camera you can actually see the distinction you can see where some characters actually move better oh, than the come others. come on paul you're looking at the the fight double <laughs> no but that's no no but that's and... what i'm yeah but i said the character i'm not talking about the actor oh, right. yeah no, about, sure no but, it definitely um, made but... shang chi the the best martial artist in the his a uh, and, and make no mistake like... dude michelle yo she is oh, yeah. a world champion uh, kung fu martial artist. Yes, eh? yes, yeah. yes. I make no mistake. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But no, sorry. We Just... live in this incredible era where your fight double can effectively wear your face. Have you seen this technology, guys? Yeah. They yeah. wear a kind of a, 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 a deep sock. faking, dude. Yeah, <laughs> deep faking. But I mean, you you can help the the animators or the um, the visual effects team by wearing those uh, those kind of locator markers, the little stipples. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Anyways, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, man. But anyway, long, long story short, really enjoyed it. Um, one of my favorite things in the whole movie, I don't want to spoil. So if you guys have <laughs> seen it, haven't seen it yet, please go and check it out. Um, I will say maybe it, it wouldn't hurt to watch Iron Man 3 beforehand. Just a thought. And uh, yeah, that, that's where I'll leave it with Shang-Chi because that, uh, that was great. Good and one. definitely wait to the very end. Very, very, very end. Very, very end. After yes. everything. Is there a person on the planet who goes into a Marvel movie? Yes, not I've seen it. To wait to the... I've really? seen those people, dude. I they saw get up, it. They leave. Even at the I'm end like... of Spider-Man, after Endgame finished, they still left, and I went, "Really, guys? After 13 years, you still like, haven't geez. figured it out?" I'm like, yeah, "What is mom school. waiting outside for you? Is she getting annoyed with you? <laughs> like, come on!" <laughs> I need a pee. Uh, hold it. <laughs> um, All right, boys. Yeah. Anything else we've been watching, reading, or playing? Oh, I've dude, lots. Watched, I started watching the Cowboy Bebop live adaptation um, through like very, very, very drooping eyelids. 
Um, so it's probably not the kindest review. Mm. Uh, but I'm going to wait for Rob to get back in the mix before we talk about that. Yeah, I would or, like to save that for Rob because I know Darren is quite excited to hear our thoughts on that as well. Well, <laughs> as this comes is, back uh, to the bigger, bigger debate at hand, and that's like going back to beloved animations and remaking them. I mean, this is Disney's new, newest cash cow, you know, doing with Aladdin, The Lion King, Beauty and the Beast. Uh, now we've got anime shows being adapted to, to live action. Turns out they're shooting One Piece. Where are they shooting One Piece, Paul? In Cape Town. Bloody wow. hell. Oh. I... Kills me. <laughs> I could and be in an anime, you bastards. You could Bloody totally hell. have been in that, although I uh, I don't want to say too much about that, but I don't feel that One Piece should be uh, live action ever. No. But it's the beautiful be made for being for, anime. for all of them. But yes, of course. Like, don't remake the wheel. Like, it's perfect. You can't exactly. surpass the original source material, so why do you bother? Well, to make a buck, basically. With Cowboy Bebop, with Cowboy Bebop, I can sort of understand why there has been a movement to doing a, a live action because so many other things have uh, borrowed from or stolen from Cowboy Bebop um, that I feel like you know Cowboy Bebop should have at, at least as a live action. Or should be able to represent itself in a live action format. I also feel like the anime was kind of written for that to work as a live action. You know, it's it's one of those animes that are quote unquote more realistic, more grounded in reality in terms of its style. But I don't want to get into that. Let's save it for when Rob's here and then we can all talk dirty about Cowboy Bebop. <laughs> <laughs> I I managed to this week check out No Time to Die. Um, the James Bond film. I finally got a chance to check it out. Oh, wow. Okay. I thoroughly enjoyed it. I had I had such a great time watching that movie. It was so, so cool. Like, I, I can understand some of the critique uh, lever leverage towards it, but I felt it was fantastic. Um, they totally did steal from Metal Gear, though, in some respects. <laughs> uh, steal, steal maybe is not a fair... No, steal is, steal is fair because they did or take did those... Metal Gear they... steal from them? No, no, no. Metal Gear preceded <laughs> James Bond. Um, at least in, in some of the stylistic choices here, it preceded James Bond. But, uh, wow. Like, but then again, like, as you said, Nick, like, Metal Gear, obviously, I mean, Hiro Kojima loves um, spy movies and Bond and all that stuff. So, obviously, elements of that have been distilled into Metal Gear. So, I, I suppose it's fine that James Bond can take some of those back that have been, like, sort of refined or... Um, you're telling me the new bond movie has literally joined two of my favorite things like hello i'm out there i'm watching this dude if get, you haven't checked it in, out Nick, yeah, i haven't been able to see it i don't get much time to, like i said uh i was lucky yeah. that my my somewhat as his, as his girlfriend's house the disney channel's in his room my daughter was here over the weekend happy days i got the whole disney channel to myself <laughs> nice dude. uh but yeah, you're gonna have to go to cinemas to watch this i think unless it's um, on like hbo max or something i don't know I, I, there are many ways to watch this movie. <laughs> um, I will message you after, Paul. <laughs> <laughs> um, I just, yeah, I mean, there's only so many hours in the week. Uh, and, and also, we, you know, coupled with load shedding and stuff, uh, I figured it was, uh, it was okay. It Scheduled was power cuts to anyone not in the Yeah, know. if you guys don't know, I don't want to explain that again. Um, checked out that. Uh, checked out another very cool film that I thoroughly enjoyed. Uh, Celia and I. I enjoyed uh, Halloween Kills, the sequel to the uh, most recent Halloween movie, uh, which is supposed, to, which is meant to be like a direct sequel to the original. 
you know what you can go into rotten tomato and you can check out all the reviews and you'll see four out of uh, four out of ten and five out of ten and six out of ten whatever's yeah uh, honestly and i'm sorry sorry troy but fuck those guys um <laughs> that was a great horror movie it was everything a horror and a slasher film should be it has a story it uh, it hints at like some of the backstory and and behind the scenes plot elements um the film tried to even be brave by having a greater message than itself um but stylistically on point absolutely fun film to watch damn damn gruesome like ooh, gross um some of the kills and stuff in that are nasty um but really really enjoyed it um so if you guys like horror movies you're like slashes or you like michael myers go and check it out and let me know in the comments what you thought and then let's not and then building up to the big one ghostbusters afterlife came out Ooh. and i went to go and check it out on opening night and i made sure that i had my my ghostbuster gear with me so i had nice. my, my pke meter and my trap and this pair of socks that i had bought i think about a year ago um at a store called cotton on i think cotton on's also in australia it is um, it is australian dude yes exactly yeah no no but that's what i mean it's an australian company um, and I'd been saving these socks for the premiere of Afterlife because obviously it was meant to be last year and that didn't happen. It was pushed until this year. So I donned my, my new Ghostbusters socks and I brought my PKE meter. I left the trap at home. Didn't think it was going to get that intense and I uh, thoroughly enjoyed it. It was a film that I went into with great excitement and a bit of trepidation because, uh, Steve, as you put it, it's kind of like, how can they trade? The same ground as the film before how can they make it as good if not better as the original and um you know can't that's, that's a, can't be it done can't be done no no you're right it can't be done but what i would the like the best to say... it can do is pay homage in a meaningful way that you know gets fans of the original ghostbusters or just hits them in the, the nostalgia place you know get, get it's them hard the Steve. that's we're talking about like like, the perfect storm of a movie. Yeah, like I yeah, mean, yeah. Ghostbusters. I don't care what they say about two and three, one, two, and three. Like they were, they were they're cult classics. There'll be things that will net like Back to the Future one, two, and three. They tried to redo Total Recall, failed mm. miserably. But Ghostbusters, I'm the same as you, Paul. I have a lot of a lot of. Oh, I don't know. Do I really want to watch it? Because I don't want to ruin the. the mm he slimy moment in my life like you know hey we got one like i'll never forget that one moment like it, those were moments that as a kid we look back and you remember him watching those movies you know who you're gonna call exactly right but here's you know, the thing like... here's the thing about afterlife it is it is not going to be better than the original it won't it won't supersede the original but i thought it was really really good and it does exactly as you said now, Steve, it pays homage. It's actually a very touching um, sort of film in that it pays homage to the original in a, in a good way, but it is also its own thing. And it does do very clever little things to link um, itself to the original film and to link some of the moments to the original film, but it does its own thing. And wow. I thoroughly enjoyed it. I came out of there. I was brimming. Nice. Um, and I, I know I'm a fan. I know I'm a fan. Okay. So like, it's easy to impress me and to excite me. And it's also just as easy to upset me. I came out of that film and I was brim uh, brimming. I was just so wow. I love the characters. The characters oh. in this film are great. They're very Ivan Reitman style characters. Jason Reitman now. 
who's the director, Ivan Reitman's yeah. son. But they got that Ivan Reitman quality, that like that thing that I love about Ivan Reitman films like Evolution and um, and uh, the original Ghostbusters. They're just they're there. They're, there's just this cool energy, and I really Dude, really the like apple that did form. not fall far from the tree. That's it that's didn't. encouraging to know. For a spot on diehard Ghostbusters fan to not be jaded after a new Ghostbusters film, that's I think that's the highest praise you can give. I like, want the toys. Dude. But but Paul, you are also. I'm bringing the toys, dude. <laughs> I am, I am. I'm a very up person when it comes to stuff. Yeah, no, I I'm guilty. <laughs> but you know? still, that's 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 lovely to hear, man. Very gratifying. Okay, Nick's bringing the toys. I don't know how that would help you, Paul, but uh, it's good to know. Australian dude, I... uh, Ghostbusters fans, head to AFI. Um, there's there's a moment in there steve and it's just before we move on from from this movie sorry and i, I know but like oh. and i'm doing it here. <laughs> good but go, there's go, a go. moment in there where you're gonna go like you're gonna just be so glad you own an ecto one as a toy because that's the that's the thing like i love ghostbusters and i have the four toys of the ghostbusters but i'm very much more interested in the props of ghostbusters so i don't have my own ecto one or anything like that I am now very much in the market to get myself a cool Ecto-1 toy that I can load up with Ghostbusters. And I, as a Ghostbusters fan, am very happy to load it up with the originals and with the new kids. Lucky and Phoebe and Trevor and Podcast, mm -hmm. they're great characters. I really dig them. And I just, when you watch that film, you get that feeling of, of, of playing with the toys and, and that adventure. I don't know. I just really dug it. I know I'm very up. Take it, take it for, with a with a grain of salt. You know your your results may vary, but uh, I was so happy. I was much happier about this film. Uh, the the biggest difference that Afterlife has over the remake is that the remake is fifty percent good because I felt that it was good halfway through, and then the film kind of falls flat with some fun points of humor. You're talking about Ghostbusters twenty sixteen. Yeah, the the uh, something I think they they call it like answer the call or some shit like that uh, i that film had a lot of good ingredients but it has a terrible ending a yeah. very very shit and annoying ending that i hate with disco dancing on times yeah i really really hate that and also <laughs> i hate in the original that they made the villain a person um that it wasn't some powerful big ghostly kind of thing and i feel like afterlife just really does make up for a lot of the sins that that film committed even though i don't hate that film i quite enjoyed that film the answer the call film i just i don't hate it i don't love it i enjoyed it but afterlife i love afterlife anyway enough <laughs> paul is hitting by i swear i've seen that one somewhere i'm gonna have to organize an ecto one i'm gonna have to organize an ecto one for paul i think <laughs> cool. Bro, that shipping uh -oh. charge is not to be uh, sneered at. That's, it's evil. It's evil. Well, pure, pure evil. Oh, it's a ship to South Africa. Yeah. Mm. Gross. And oh, I don't really? know when next I'm gonna be there, man. So if it's well, there are me... forward. There, there are mail forwarding uh, services that are opening up in Australia now that I know of. Um, well, I Paul, mean, you you need to add me on Facebook straight away, and I'm I'm going to get you an Ecto One. In actual fact, I know I've got an Ecto One coming in from the US. Uh -oh. I'm going to put it aside for you. Uh oh. AFI is in the AO. He's Steve, operating. Steve man. warned me about AFI. Yeah. He was like, "Oh, yeah. Nick's going to sell you some toys." <laughs> not trouble. sell. No, no, not sell. This is this is a pure gift, sir. Oh Jeez. shit, dude! Wow. Easy. Okay. Easy. Easy. <laughs> we'll, we'll, well, 
pockets clean, Nick, my man. 20, well, just so you guys know as well. Accessories. They'll sort me out nicely. <laughs> I use I use a, seri- uh, a service called MyUS. We're not sponsored, by the way. MyUS, get on that shit, sponsor us. I use a service <laughs> called MyUS um, to send stuff from America to South Africa um, because they're reliable. Um, I know other fa- uh, other members of the Bergforce also use MyUS. Uh, they're great because they like they package your stuff and it's, it's a mail forwarding service and it's really great. Um, there's also My UK, which is awesome. So if you are a South African and you're listening to this podcast or you're a somebody who lives in the UK who's got friends and family in South Africa, you can also use My UK as a forwarding service. And I believe that My Australia has also just started. There you go. Um, hey, hey, hey. Yeah. We have so, an AFI forwarding service too. Right? Cool. I don't know how, how Australian was that, right? <laughs> anyway, uh, it needs some work. <laughs> it does need some work. The other I wasn't even trying. I wasn't you. even trying. Oh, yeah. Um, anyway, okay. Enough, enough more ghostbustersness. Let's yeah. Um, let's move. Yeah. The hot button topic. I'm dying to pick your brain, Nick. Yeah. Tell me about Haslab. Oh. Have you got Haslab product in in the past, or is the Sky Striker the first? Ah, so Haslab, yes, it's one of those um, gifts that keep on giving good old Haslab. (laughs) Where do we begin with Haslab? Let's be realistic. Now, if we just talk about the product at all, I think, um, one, the whole, we we can't go back to the O-ring because we don't have the molds. Oh my goodness, what is this? There's an Ace Pilot as an O-ring. This is why I mentioned earlier on in the program about how if the striker is, and look, the striker is going to be backed. It's as simple as that. It's not, regardless what the amounts are on there at the moment, it will actually get backed. I can tell you that. Uh, it, this very slim chances it's not going to. The reason for it is if this gets backed, they'll move to the USS flag and they'll continue to do the thing like the Dummy Transformers and the Ransor at the moment. Now, the thing with the US, uh, like the, the Striker, the fact that you see all these flames and all those little extra bits and pieces that we've always wanted to do is like, you know, the jets flying along. That to me has finally brought the G.I. Joe three and three quarter inch inch line from vintage to modern back to vintage, but into the modern era of vintage. So they've, they've combined it all together. Like from what I'm told, the plastic of it is a little bit more sturdier. The, the coloring, the detail has gone like exponentially on top of the original 83. And then you've got the flip side of it. A 1983 Sky Striker mint in box ranges anywhere between, well, mint with box is about $500 Australian up to $1,000. That's the realization. Uh, a Striker complete with parachutes um, sells for, well, look, a, a Striker on its own, I sell them for $250 Australian every day. That's what they sell for. No parachutes. With parachutes, they're about $350, $400. The parachutes are very, very hard to get because once you touch them, because of the plastic, they, they just disintegrate. That's why I, I love the fabric believe, style. I couldn't mm. believe they were made like that. When I first and handled the parachute, I was like, how do any of these exist at all? How do these little shopping packets. attach? It's a yeah. shopping packet. It's it like is. the kind it of is. parachute material that you'd expect to find at a dollar store with a little like green <laughs> army man attached, you know, one Correct. of those pre-posed guys. Crazy. And that's the funny thing though. A lot of people go, well, it's really crappy. Yeah, but they don't exist. So, you know, <laughs> that's why you're paying for it. Now, having said that, let's look at the realization. On HasLab right now, 
let's just say you live in America, you're laughing. You know, it's $229 US retail, but which a lot of people don't realize. And it's one thing that I've always knuckled into Australian buyers is you don't pay $229. So let's just say for argument's sake, you got five guys in Australia and they want to band together to save money, which is a smart thing to do, right? That's what you do. Mm-hmm. You'd find four other people, you get them shipped over together. This is how it would work out. Because you got New York and LA are the main points of where your um, shop out places are. Like I think my, is it the My USA thing you were saying? Mm-hmm. I think that's New York and LA. They're the two because that's where the ports are. So you're looking at anywhere between eight and eleven yeah, percent. Florida, yeah. Florida, sorry, there's another yeah, one. Yeah. Florida, yeah. So you're looking at about eight to eleven percent sales tax. So all of a sudden, let's just say five guys get it. It's now gone from two twenty nine all the way up to about two hundred and fifty four. So that's actually the retail price for that is actually two hundred and fifty four dollars US. A lot of people don't realize it because we look at the, we jump on the website and see 229. That's what I'm paying, but it's not. Mm. Then you got to look at the realization of shipping them over. Now, let's just say you only get one to ship a normal striker boxed over here costs $100 US. The reason why I know that is because I've done it. So this one is actually going to be a little bit more heavier than the normal 83 striker. So even if you worked it off 100, you're now at 354 US. Now, after yeah, you do that, you've still got to get it into Australia, right? Now, with Hasbro, they invoice everything. So it gets GST applicable because it's coming from the US. So we've got to add another 10%. And all of a sudden, we're at 389 US. And uh, that's fine. <laughs> so we're around the 400 US, depending on the exchange rate. You're looking at about 500 to $500 550 Australian to get one in if you get one. If you buy more than one, you've also got to pay a 5% import tax on top of that because it goes over $1,000. <laughs> now, God. the thing that I really get frustrated about, I listened to your last program and I spoke to Steve about this. It was a great conversation. And the thing that got me was the biggest part of bringing them over is everyone would love to have them really cheap like a normal person would. I'd love to. So I, I went back on it. I listened to it and I went, you know what? Paul's right. This is ridiculous. Who on earth, for starters, puts out a product like this at Christmas like we don't have enough money to spend? <laughs> I mean, the average oh, rent yeah. in Australia is $350 to $400 a week. So you want a family to spend a whole week's rent on a toy. And then on puts top things of in that, perspective, doesn't it? It's it become does, a it rich does. man's game, man. This toy collection thing—you can't be thrifty anymore. Like, if you want to be collecting modern toys, it takes pretty deep pockets. It's no joke, man. Well, this is where AFI is different, and this is where I am different. And I've always strongly believed that if I wanted to do this, when I when I first started doing Action Figures Industries, July last year, I said to myself. I spent the time in all the Facebook groups. I listened to the good, the bad, the ugly, what people liked, what they didn't like, pre-orders, what they hated, you know, lack of communication, no one responds to emails. So I, I made a list and I systematically went through it to make sure I could get rid of them. The biggest one I went through was when I looked at HasLab, I went, I'm not touching it. I'm not going to force people to spend $500 two years before you even see a product. Mm. Now, if I could find a supplier that could say, hey, supply me the product, 
just on a deposit basis and I could get it in and still keep it around almost the same as what it would cost a normal one person with a little bit of margin, I'll do it. So I did find a supplier. So we went to work. So, you know, we hammered out a deal for 50 strikers. And I, I said very simply, I said, look, I want to be able to land it uh, for, for one person to buy it in, as we were saying, is about 400 US. So the maximum I want to be selling it is about 550 Australian. Now, if you re-listen to the program, you would have remembered I said it would have cost about 500 to $550 Australian. So my actual margin, and I never talk about what I make on things, but I'm going to tell you boys, straight up and down like six o'clock, I'm making about $25 a striker. Yeah, I'm not doing this to become rich. (laughs) But what I am doing is I want Australian collectors to have the opportunity to say, you know what, I'd love the HasLab striker. I can't afford that. Look, I could afford to do $25 on four afterpays though through Nick and then save my money up. And when it's released in two years time, I can pay him. Yeah, for sure I could afford that. Like, you know, let's do the math. $550 divided by 24 months. Okay, well, that's like what? $20 a month, I can afford $5 a week. That's fine. And that's the reason why I put the striker up there. In actual fact, over December, I'm revamping my entire website and we're going to have an exclusive section where all the Pulse items will be available through AFI in Australia. If they're a HasLab, they'll be deposit. The Ransor, in actual fact, I was only just discussing the Star Wars Ransor today. It looks like I'll be bringing it in cheaper than what Zing and EB will be. All right, Zing and EB are the kind of uh, physical stores in Australia for fan culture stuff. Anyone in, not in the know? Um, okay, Nick, that, that's that's incredible news that you're going to kind of get the, the, the HasLab product uh, into the country on your own steam, man. Uh, really, Collectors that's kind of op- open the door for, for folks that are otherwise left out in the cold. And this is the big problem with HasLab. Like anyone who's visiting the website for the first time is prompted enter your location, United States, United Kingdom. Um, that excludes a lot of the world, my friends. Mm-hmm. So yeah, this this was my big reservation. The other one is like, uh, I mean, it's, it's, it's a high dollar item that is deceptive in a sense because it, it feels like it shouldn't be. It feels like, like to anyone casually just, you know, oh, it's another Sky Striker. What? They're asking for that? You know, like, it's it's a price that's easy to kind of, like, have your jaw drop to the floor on. Uh, because at the end of the day, like, you know, dial the clocks back to when they last did the, the uh, modern Sky Striker with a single-seat ca- uh, cockpit. It's the same shape. It's the same dimensions. Um, but you could get those back in the day for, I don't know, 40 US, thereabouts. Even less if you waited for clearance. Yeah. yeah. Well, look, I mean... The, that's that's a fair point to make. The 25th anniversary, like the last striker that they, they made mm-hmm. did go on clearance for a certain bit of time. And we could say the same thing for Rise of Cobra. Everyone like looks at me and says, oh, you got all those figures for $3 because our toy world here in Australia put them on clearance. Having said that, the realisation is uh, right now in 2021, if you were to go and buy a boxed 25th anniversary striker, you're paying about 225 US. So, I mean, the only, I, I agree with what you're saying there, Steve, because the biggest thing I weighed up was 
which would I prefer, the 1983 striker or the HasLab one? So, Ooh, if you're, good question. If, what is you know it? what I mean? What's, the answer? Which, What's your answer? See, it's easy for me because I own an 83 striker. Yeah. So I'd get the HasLab one, but let's just say I don't have either one. Now, because That's it's O-ring, mm -hmm. because it's O-ring though, and this isn't going to be a mint and seal box. This is the other thing too. Um, one thing I learned after, after like the last 12 months is uh, Americans uh, and Australians, we're very different in collecting. And based on like what I've sold, and I've sold what? <sighs> I couldn't imagine the amount of items I've sold. <laughs> Believe it or not, it's it's a flip side. So Americans buy mostly mint in box off me. Australians, loose. So for an Australian to now spend $400 on something they're going to rip open and put on display, putting in perspective, that's a lot of money. But you want to get a boxed item, hence the HasLab. It's a no-brainer. Correct. Yeah? But you see, even okay. I'm going to open it, though. I'm getting ah, two. Well, I'm getting two. Nick, okay. I've got to open it. I have to. It just looks <laughs> so nice. But I, don't, I, I agree with you. I, I think that should have been a 150 a 150 US price tag on that because it's not classified. See, the information I got out, I'm quite lucky. I get a lot of backdoor information. So when I leaked classified series one and two and I, I leaked the Zorana and the Crimson Guard um, new classifieds that came out, even the Alley Viper and Bat, when I leaked that to the Australian public, um, I actually got the information that we believed that that striker was going to be the classified striker. So when I found out it was the three and three quarter inch, I went, uh, 229's a lot. So I was the same as you, Steve. I still yeah. agree with you 100%. I believe 230, well, 250 when it when it lands in your state, that's a lot of money. So for me, yeah, I think that should have been a one, maybe 150, 175 price tag. I, I could say, yeah, okay, well, that makes sense. The other thing to consider, and I know I'm treading down this path that I have on multiple occasions said I wouldn't, but it's just <laughs> something to keep in mind is that you're buying this toy sight unseen. No one's yes. touched them. No one's felt them. You know, like there's a certain texture and feel and, and aesthetic joy that you get handling actual vintage. Either, either, either you like that or you're indifferent to it. Uh, maybe there are, is a third category of people who actually are like, no, I don't want to handle the vintage stuff. I want something that's newer, fresher plastic for the fragility issue. But to me, a Sky Striker has a very distinctive feel. So when they made them, when they made the modern ones in 2011, um, it just didn't feel right. You know, the plastic has a, has a rough, rougher texture. It's a slightly darker gray. It has less glint to it. And that immediately put me off modern sky strikers and then there are a laundry list of other sort of detractors like the fact that it comes disassembled in the box so you've now got these additional like seam lines and joints and kibble that the original it was all sort of clean lines on because this was a, a solid fuselage anyways i digress so no 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 no, no, no like, by plunking like down that. your money for the Haslab. <laughs> buying in as it were for this experience um you are taking them at their word and people have been burned in the past like like there was the issue with the sentinel's knees um which i believe asbro is is remedying but 
I mean, that that is a toy that that perhaps was a bit more um, a bit more ambitious than remaking a classic. Like that was a brand new thing that obviously was going to be pretty top heavy. It's a lot of plastic. Yeah, you're right. I don't know how they mucked that one up, Stephen. Like anyone who was looking at that toy had to know you you would need to look the the Sentinel and the Galactus. I didn't touch, and I nearly brought them in, but I looked at it and I went, just I just don't see. I don't one. I didn't see the value, and two. I just it didn't feel right but that's the thing like our generation though is a lot different the gen sorry not our generation but the generation of collectors i should say nowadays are a lot different they've been brought up differently to you me and paul you me and paul would go down the toy shop we'd grab it off the shelf we'd be able to see it there was no such thing as a pre-order you hmm. couldn't pre-order a 1988 shockwave if it was in your shop you got it if not you had to drive to the next big big w like that was one of our stores or our next toy world if they didn't have it guess what <laughs> tough shit. there was no that's it yeah there was no eBay. It, yeah. there was no elevate online. over the catalog shot for the rest of your life as exactly right yeah. yes no, totally. but nowadays this generation of collectors it's all about the pre-order yeah so it's and all sight unseen you don't all sight unseen, don't have yeah. any like tactile experience to back you know to back it up with um yeah and I've, you know, like sometimes I get a toy in and I immediately have buyer's remorse. Uh, I'm talking about it like a modern toy. And I'm like, I just kind of retreat back into the stuff I know is always going to hit. Um, and that's kind of my attitude with, with Sky Striker, I guess. Like, is it worth the gamble? And is it worth the gamble to, to take on this thing that might surpass the original? But in all likelihood for me, it probably won't. That and the, and the fact biggest... that it's too too damn cheap for it <laughs> well you know what the, yeah. the biggest part of what you're saying there is and the one thing i agree with you here on this again is the fact that let's be realistic hasbro is a multi-million dollar company multi-billion dollar company why do we as collectors why they ignore us have yeah, ignore us but on top of that why do we have to crowdfund our own product make it oh uh, well uh, do your research we... and that's it I, th I think it's more a case of trying to push this one past the goalpost internally like the, the the marketing design team on gi joe on ghostbusters on um whatever transformers and star wars they have these amazing concepts in mind that they imagine will pull collectors in pull kids in pull everyone in um these are the toys they as designers as marketers as people who have a passion for toys have always wanted to make have always dreamed of making and yet they're relegated to putting out the same old marvel legends in a six inch scale putting out the same old star wars toys in six inch scale like these are the high ticket items that they've always wanted to do but the money men the bean counters the suits the higher ups they choke the the they stifle these these initiatives and they say to the teams listen you can have this toy but you got to demonstrate the demand for it. This is this is totally designed by by the bottom line guys to ensure that products will sell. You know, if there's something that's slightly out of kilter, something that's uh, you know perhaps a little bit too ambitious for the accountants, uh, that's taking a swipe at accountants. No, if it's if it's too ambitious for for the big boss. If he's like, he knows the reality of like the store shelf and the fact that like you can't in this day and age expect a USS flag to sit like out in the open shelves. Like it ain't going to happen. 
anyways, I, I'm totally just basing this off of the industry folk who we've had the pleasure of hearing in podcasts and YouTube channels. Good old Spectre Creative, Bobby Valor, um, Mark on What's on Your Mind. Yeah, these guys are are they're absolutely invaluable resources nowadays in terms of getting insight into what actually has to be done to get toys to us in the first place. And it's a hard sell internally. And look, especially Bobby Valor, because I, I deal with him obviously as we mm. we exclusively sell action force in Australia, New Zealand. Bobby what he's doing is unbelievable. Even the newer stuff coming that I can't speak about. Um, <laughs> secret. That is um, that is coming. Um, is wow. Um, I can't say much about that, but you know, <laughs> having, having having someone who's worked there and has designed the work mm. that he has put in to get Action Force up off the ground is unbelievable and um look our our container is actually on the water right now on its way here from overseas so you know they'll hit the us and me in december so action force will be at uh, supernova next year in australia i can guarantee that because i'll be there um but i can't wait to have that first sergeant slaughter in my hand because i'll be going live and going rip here it is <laughs> excellent this one's yours Azel. disease <laughs> add that to the seven 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 yeah. Something I wanted to bring up the, uh, now as well uh, with the Sky Striker conversation is this monster over here. No. So, uh, Super remember, Seven's Turtle Party Wagon. Yeah, the Party, party wagon? wagon, exactly. Party like, Wagon. You, uh, our listeners will know that I was very excited at the sort of teaser image for this vehicle. And I do think it's an outstandingly cool toy. I think it's really, really in total language, rad. <laughs> it's pretty yeah, rad. Which it is. Um, it does look really rad. It's amazing. Yeah. And inside, it's got some cool details. And it's got the, the flip-out um, seat feature from the original. And it's got a removable back plate. And it comes with some tools and some he uh, extra like helmets and all kinds of cool stuff. But the thing is, they want 450 yep. USD for this bad boy. And I cannot reconcile that. I'm sorry. Well, I, I'm just... Uh-uh. <laughs> you know what, like, Paul... How yeah. much do you think a vintage boxed Ninja Turtle van goes for right now? Um, boxed vintage, I think it's anything between three hundred and fifty and seven hundred USD, depending on the quality. Um, about two hundred yeah. to about four hundred Australian. That's all. Wow! So you tell me, why would you go and spend? That's four hundred and fifty US again. Now add in the sales tax, so you're nearly at five hundred US. That's nearly yeah. a seven hundred dollar Australian vehicle. You go buy that, or I'll tell you what, I'll give you a choice. I'll give you a choice between an original turtle van and a Technodrome, or you can get the Super 7 um, turtle van. Which would you like? Oh, wow. Yeah, geez. Um, of the three? Uh, I, no, would, no. I mean, I'll, I'll give you a Technodrome and a turtle van for the same price as the Super 7. No way, dude. Yeah, no. 100%. Totally. Technodrome and yeah. classic. Yeah, all the way. It's, but it like, just doesn't, there's no value. It's ridiculous because this is a situation of and and um, when I, I know that Steve, you and I, we chatted a bit about this on the WhatsApp group, and and you know it's a very cool toy, and we were we you know discussed a few points about it, and you know something that surprised me with this now with the Sky Striker, um, the Sky Striker is two hundred and thirty. Realistically, it's two hundred and fifty dollars US US. Mm -hmm. um, and by comparison to this, the Sky Striker just feels like you're getting more. Um, 
it feels like you're getting more out of the sky striker for 250 dollars than you are out of this <laughs> yeah for, you could for get five. two of them you get two <laughs> exactly. of them like, it's like even the fact that like super seven started off really smartly yeah. great product around the right price if you look over the last 12 months they are pricing themselves out of the market yeah it's ridiculous it's so stupid like <laughs> i had a, a, a guys i i normally will never do this um but this is the first time i actually took to like instagram they posted it they posted a picture of this and they're all excited and like i was part of the sea of voices um there, there's a lot of uh voices of contempt about this thing hey the fans are not happy that this vehicle is 500 dollars. i went to order not... it i i had to like second guess my supplier i said did you say it's 500 us a case or is that he said no each i went no no that's okay i'll pass because oh, yeah, it's going to be popular i'm like no one's buying that if you buy that i will happily say wow you're either really really rich or you really, really, really just want to have a complete collection and your wife loves you to death or you're divorced. One of the, like, <laughs> it has to be something in there because I cannot for the life of me spend two weeks rent, because that's what it is, Yeah, on a toy. No, I agreed. This is one month's rent for me, this figure, um, this vehicle. I mean, and that's including the shipping um, because the shipping on this will probably be like another $70 or something as well on top of it if I use like a forwarding service, for example. Um and and it's going to be a pretty big box i mean my, my thing is is just i actually put a comment on there i was like i do, and uh, i i hope that the robo skull guys got a laugh out of this i actually um tagged the robo skull guys i just like said under in this post to super seven i was like how is it that at you know skeletron can produce <laughs> this really awesome vehicle for 230 dollars on their kickstarter that offers way more than this how can you guys then justify $450, $450, dollars for this vehicle then? Like, how, how, what is Skeletron doing that you guys clearly can't? And they're changing company. the game, dude. That's what they're yeah. doing. Yeah. No, and well, that's good. It's, it's going to be I'm so thankful sure. to Skeletron for Look, that. Ben, you know? ben Conway is a smart guy. Like, you know, it's a beautiful product. The, the Skeletron vehicle takes the old action force brings it into the modern era. But not only that, mm. you can put it with three and three quarter inch, four inch or six inch. So it doesn't matter what kind of figures you have. If you're a Dungeons and Dragons fan, <laughs> you can use the, you can use the Robo Skull in that scheme because it will fit. Yeah. I can't wait to get my Grindstone dude. toys, my. Putting, pulling in Grindstone toys and Marauders to give you retro O-ring style uh, figures plus the, the modern Marauders at four inch, six inch scales. I mean, Absolute smart bomb. Well, they listen. We've raved, raved about that before. Yeah, they listen. Ahead, they listen to everyone. Everyone. Yeah. The biggest thing that defeats me is when they produced the GI Joe retro range. They came out and said they don't have the molds to do the O rings. That's why they repurposed the, the modern ones, which was a load of crap. Because now we know it's a load of crap because they've just brought out the Storm Shadow, the Snake Eyes, Ace. Yeah, thank you for that. I appreciate that. Um, mm. They brought that out. Now that is the mold. Now you're telling me. If you had a if, if Hasbro had to come out and put that snake eyes on a vintage card, like I don't know, maybe the Ghostbusters, how they did the retro range there. Or um Motu could, Origins. Or Motu no. Origins, you know, call me stupid. If you put that on the shelf at $29.99 US, which is a is 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 a fair price to me, I would pay 30 US for that figure on card. That figure would only cost them about fifteen, maybe fourteen dollars US to produce. 
and at Snake the very max. even cheaper because there's no it, paint apps. Exactly. It's going to be a lot cheaper. But you know how many people would buy that by the case? They, they would run out. There would be shortages Dude, across the US. Listen, if, if the Hema, if the Motu Origins boom here in South Africa is anything to go by, I mean, South Africa, like collectors and things like that, it's just pretty, it's a pretty small market, let's be fair. But the fact that you can go into a Toys R Us and that you go out of your way, like you phone a toy shop to make sure they got them in stock. And the fact that we are, are on Facebook groups in South Africa, I know that this is pretty common for the rest of the world or for like America and the UK and, and stuff. But in South Africa, the fact that we have actually got Facebook groups of guys going, hey, I just spotted these at, you know, Greenstone <laughs> Mall checkers. And the fact that people flock to that place. And, and when you wow. speak to the sale, when you speak to the sales assistants at these stores, you know, uh, you look at them and you go and buy and she's like, yo, there's lots of you guys coming in today. You know, mm -hmm. she's like, you're like the 10th person today. I've walked with a, with a toy zone packet in my hand. I went to the, the to the spa after going to buy my toys. I was with Celia and there was another guy and he had a toy zone packet in his hand and we kind of gave each other a knowing look because we could both sort of see in each other's bags <laughs> we had origins figures and we gave each other that look and I was like, what did you get? And he's like, uh, what, what was it? I think he got like, he's like, I've got a ninja and a hordak. I'm like, nice dude. And he's like, you, I'm like clamp champ. <laughs> you know, so. oh, that is awesome. awesome. Red, right? And I yeah. miss that kind of collecting culture because to be honest, and this is coming back to my philosophy on, on toy collecting now, like I want to be able to buy GI Joe at retail. I want to mm. be able to like go toy hunting locally. And that's something that's been denied the international market forever. It's so gratifying to hear that at least He-Man fans are getting that back mm. home. And that's yeah, what I want to good. bring back to Australia though. That exactly what you said, Steve is exactly what I want to bring back to Australia because you know what? Those days are gone where we could walk into a shop. They yeah. knew us by name. They knew what we collected. I still remember going to a comic book shop and I'd walk in the door before I could even look at a comic book. It'd be like, Nick, it's okay. I've got, you know, uh, issue 422 of Captain America. I've got to hear a side for you. We don't get that anymore. You walk into Target. Have you got this? If it's not on the shelf, I don't know. Yeah, exactly. But Nick, do you have a storefront? I mean, I'm not, you, you don't have a physical store. It's all online, right? Not yet. No, I, I will okay. actually, my house is like a storefront and the amount of collectors <laughs> sure. that come and stay here and uh, visit. But um, sure. no, the end Kid goal is to have a store. It is. You'd be amazed. I can't <laughs> wait. You, you're going to have to come and visit. You're only up in Townsville. It's only like 20 hours away. Oh, we might and be also, moving to Brisbane next year. We'll see about that. It's even closer. That, that, it's five hours. It's not close at all, though. Honestly. Yeah, no. Like, it's not. It's close and it's close. I don't know if I could do five hours to, to go toy hunting. But um, I, I miss the physical experience because, honestly, yeah. you can find anything you want for a price online. So that yeah, takes, of course. takes up the kind of the, the thrill of the chase element. Um so look what i want is is an impossible dream really but um since i can't get in my car go five minutes to a store and get the toys that i want like i have to turn to online and when faced with online i'm gonna buy the thing that i know and trust so i'm not gonna buy the hasbro pulse snake eyes and storm shadow um because i'd sooner buy a vintage oh, look they're, they're expensive but i have been i'm happy to buy them yeah, I, I'm well, on the other side of the fence. They're, they're I'm not more that, than happy to buy the Pulse Storm Shadow and Snake Eyes. Well, Sorry. yeah, they're, they're quite <laughs> cheap because they um no no the the Storm Shadow and Snake Eyes is quite cheap. 
that's that's actually really cheap when you look at it. I think it's what sixty US or forty US. So it's about what's about yeah, seventy five dollars. Mm, yeah, yeah. So I, I know I tried to actually get those in, and my supplier is still trying to get them for me. And I think that I'd end up landing them. Unfortunately, I'd have to sell them for around the, I think it's ninety to one hundred dollars. So they'd be fifty dollars each. Now to buy a vintage one, a vintage yeah. Snake Eyes is about one hundred and fifty dollars minimum. A Storm yeah, Shadow is well, around two hundred. It's yep. cosmically bad timing because anyone who's a, an avid listener, to, well, wait, wait for it, Nick. Uh, oh. Anyone who's a listener to GI Joeberg knows that this year I jumped through hoops and actually got the swivel arm 1983 snake eyes uh did a neat little review on him if you want to check out the channel and i also got a vintage sky striker and this is before hasbro pulse had made their announcement so like <laughs> I, I basically fucked myself man like my appetite <laughs> yeah but you still got toys, outback <laughs> my appetite for these toys has been removed because yeah. At long last, I got these things for myself, and now now they decide to remake them. I, I can't wait for a stun storm. Clearly, I dude. needed your hot tips, your insider trading, Nick. I need to know what was coming down the pipeline. <laughs> well, the classified you series. Have, you would have told me that it's a classified Sky Striker, and that wouldn't have helped me at all. <laughs> no, yeah, but, I, uh, I can tell you now. Yeah, I, I, my information. That's the only time Major Blood I got right. Um, okay. Uh, all Did the lines that have come out. But did you know about the O-ring stuff coming down the pipe? Knew the O-ring stuff was coming down the pipe because oh. what happened, you'll notice the retro sort of has almost disappeared. You haven't really heard much about G.I. Joe Retro, uh, mm -hmm. the modern carded one. Um, we we had a slight indication that because of the upheaval over the retro, Hasbro mm -hmm. had sort of listened. I didn't think for one second to be a HasLab item. I thought maybe... Maybe they're going to bring it back out by starting with the 1982 line and bringing out the straight arms again. Oof. The first yeah, 13. I, I, mean, I don't think they should do the straight arms. I mean, don't get me wrong; it's it's a nice little vintage knot, but let's 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 not let's not do that. I mean, Motu was smart with giving the extra articulation to those toys and keeping them in the same look. You know, but yeah, yeah, yeah. That, like that's a whole yeah. com different conversation. So, well, I got look, two I, questions for you, Nick. Okay. First one, just coming back to the turtle party wagon, is the <laughs> reason the is the, the reason the box vintage uh, sort of price sort of stabilized? Is it because of the various reissues that have been put out recently? Yeah. I mean, I was in a toy world just the other day, and they had that thing in box, and I was like, oh, okay, really? Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fixed. Oh, cool. Yeah, yeah. Like, oh. how much? How much do they go for, more or less? I I have like no idea oh. because they, they you can't find them anywhere online. They're all like brick and mortar store kind of exclusives i don't know thousand thousand two hundred rand something that's like that. nothing for that it's, for me anyway like, it's, it's got not expensive the, it's got they got all the carded um you know reissues the playmates well. ones <gasps> so Shit, weird dude. to have like minty cards like i've got my i, I saved my my cards from Good, back in the day cards. and yeah. they're all dog-eared and ripped and they all they all feel very um almost like like they're made of fabric because they're so like bendy <laughs> oh wow hands. but um I... yeah it's funny to feel a recently pressed sure. cardstock but those classics yeah, that they've re-brought out they were exactly yeah. the same again they brought the ninja turtle line out exactly the same as the original same as what mm. ghostbusters did but yet gi joe decided to go a completely different way 
Yeah. It's so and they weird, had us convinced. Like... They had us convinced that it was the rivets and the yep. screws and the T hooks that were prohibitive to O Ring Joe coming back. But hey, it, like you say, Nick, has... they've gone and done it anyway. Hasbro can say what they want. There's this little company called Black Major Toys, as we, and we all know of their existence. <laughs> yeah. And they do fantastic work. And they don't have giant molds that they have managed to buy from somebody who had the molds at Hasbro. On the they contrary, probably... they, they've, they've pinched the molds and managed to make up the toys, albeit with a slight departure in quality. I mean, you definitely know you're handling a Black Major or Red Laser figure, not a gi joe original although i had um, the uh, i was selling the um the blue bats from the the red laser they're actually yeah. really good I they were really really good man. they are what they are like yeah yeah but you know the difference like... between that and the original by far like <laughs> major difference and it's but also like an it's army not like... builder i mean the possibilities of of like he already walks the the margins of legality like old black major i think he went out of business because he was feeling the heat from Hasbro. But if you make approximations of the originals and you are discreet about it, like that is army builder fodder to high heaven. Like imagine just pressing out thousands of blue shirts. The community would uh. gobble them up. You only need the front row in the photograph to be the originals, right? <laughs> well, they would. There's A something... lot of people did do it. Mm, totally. And, th and there's something to be said about like, not necessarily army building, but having, you know, having troops, you know, like disposable troops uh, in your, in your toy army, you know, because... What, toys that didn't cost an arm and a leg, so you feel no shame in putting firecrackers in them? I w no, 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 uh, I don't yeah. mean disposable like See, we that. We can't I mean, do that I'm anymore. No, I'm, I don't mean disposable like that. I mean, friends. like, <laughs> I'm talking about their roles. Their role, their, 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 like, their role in playtime. Like, it's a Cobra Trooper. It's a Cobra Viper. <laughs> there is, in there playtime. is... You know, like, of course, I mean, like, we play with the toys, whatever. Um, it's cool to have, like, more than one Viper. Like, if you if you can, even if you could squeeze, like, two or three Vipers in, in your, like, vintage G.I. Joe collection, that's great, because then you can you can do some cool stuff with that. You know, you can have a squad oh. of Vipers. You know, and that's the where Viper I think... The Viper mold hasn't popped up in the, mm. the bootleg game. Has it? I don't think it has. No, I've never... I was one thing I was amazed... May, um, Black Major never did because mm. the, well, the, the bat, snake eyes, yeah, but or the uh, night viper, viper but, but the viper, night never... viper, alley vipers, yeah, but uh, they viper never did the one already... serpents. Viper already had problems um, in the mid two thousands in two thousand and five when they did that pit viper five pack. Already the crotch uh, tooling had been lost, so they used <laughs> the battle android trooper. And that is an ill-fitted piece. Anyone with but, that set, do not bend your figures um, at the hips. Do not put them into a 90-degree, like, sitting position. Otherwise, I you will have flyaway crotch-firing action. action. <laughs> <laughs> Nick, um, tell me, man. The G.I. Joe community is a beast that we, we all are familiar with. Like, how does it compare to... Like the Transformers bunch, or the Ghostbusters bunch, or the Doctor Who bunch. Like, are there distinctive characteristics, or are all collectors pretty much painted with the same brush? No, they're definitely not painted with the same brush. I can, Ooh. I can definitely, oh I can definitely be testament. I've dealt with um, 
every type of collector and every different range of what they collect over the last 12 months. I think I can safely say that. I think, um, look, 80% of the collecting community out there is almost painted with the same brush. The realization is, is everybody wants to obviously get it as cheap as possible. I mean, we're human beings. When we're buying something, because we collect so much, we want to get the best bang for our buck, right? That's what we want. That's human nature. I mean, if you see something for $20, you see the same thing for $40 on a table, you're going to buy the $20 one. Now, apart from that, your Doctor Who collectors are just, wow. They, you know what? They don't get very much Doctor Who stuff in Australia. So, you know, they they, they go for it. They, they will, they, fear does not stop them when it comes to like buying Doctor Who. That's all, like literally all I can say. Some, um, some GI Joe collectors are the same. Transformer collectors are really cool because, you know, they know their products. Like I'm lucky that um, I've, I've made friends with a lot of the people that buy off me. And that's one thing that I, I love, but you know, I can, I can ring say Jason Murray from TCCA or Jonathan Hawkins, and we could video chat for two hours and sort out a bulk load of transformers. I can't, that came in. Um, I can ring my boy, David Vanderbilt, uh, who literally has one of the biggest collections in Australia or Jaden Jarvis over in WA or even Josh Tipper, who used to be one of the biggest GI Joe collectors and say, yeah, guys, I've got this. I actually can't figure out what it is. Oh, yeah, this goes here. This goes there. You know, like those guys are great. Um, Star Wars collectors are um, really good. Um, <laughs> Take your time. Um, <laughs> look, all collectors have pros and cons. They're, they're, they're interesting. Like I've never really dealt with a lot of Star Wars collectors. They're very picky, very picky on their mint in box stuff. Um, mm. uh, they, they like their stuff pristine, which is unfortunately in this day and age, nothing's pristine. It's only as yeah. best as we possibly can get. Um, but Ghostbusters, anyone from the 80s, 80s collectors are mad. They <laughs> will take whatever you got, Steve, if it's from the 80s. I'm telling you, one of um, one of the um, biggest ones that I deal with is Andrew Burnett up in Queensland. That boy, if he sees anything Ghostbusters, if I've got a Slimer, no one else is winning that. No one else is buying <laughs> it. Um, it's the same with uh, one of the guys, Stephen Ludas, great guy in South Australia for GI Joe or any sort of line. If there's a female trooper or something, don't even bother bidding against him because you know what? Yeah, I'm not going to win. So there's there's some really cool guys, but it's testament to that these guys have their own personality. So it's not so much that they collect the line, they really love what they want and they're very particular mm. in, in, in what they, you know. What they collect. I was about to say, everyone's got their quirks, I guess. Yeah, well, look, Zazel's a prime example, Sergeant Slaughter. <laughs> yeah. Like, I literally any, just any messaged him. Right connected away. to Sergeant Slaughter. Like, oh, yeah. Um, because of the play motion series that he's doing, like, he's got a lot of, like, fighters, like the Street Fighter line, which, you know, to a lot of Joe collectors, that kind of doesn't really enter their lexicon. Um, he buys that up like crazy. So that he's oh, got yeah, this yeah. core of, like, like wrestlers and other sort of martial arts for I've literally got a box of parts here for him that um he said, oh, I'm doing all this sort of stuff. I said, just let me know what sort of stuff you need. I'm just going to send him up a bunch of like Mercer heads and body parts so he can create his like, you know, re the, the, the shows that you were talking about. <laughs> That's <Yeah>. so rad. <laughs> yeah, That's so I you know, like, but again, you don't mind doing stuff like that because for a guy like Zazel, he loves what he does. And he shows it off on YouTube. Oh, oh yeah, awesome. he loves it. 
uh nick i don't want to take up too much more of your time man i know we've been drawing for over two hours now um but if there's anything else that you'd like to to to, to sink your teeth into man don't let me stop you oh look no no i appreciate you guys um, having me on the show like i said I, i've listened to um joe berg for the last two years mm -hmm. and you know it's my uh walk back from the gym <laughs> uh in the morning uh nice little uh walk i get to listen to that so i do my two-hour walk listening to it um the, but you wouldn't biggest... listen to us while pushing weights right or, no, you know, no, you, you no, no. Your, like get get pumped no, up kind of jams. Music. i've got my um uh you got the touch from transformers playing when i'm doing you that so yeah i listen to my transformers <laughs> when i'm training but look i guess at the end of the day anyone out there feel free to jump on like us on facebook yeah, actually it's industries it's join the group um where if you're looking for something and you can't find it the beautiful thing with me is you can add me on Facebook and I will, I'll respond. Hunt it down. Yeah, I hunt it down. So, like I, uh, You have a very specific set of skills. <laughs> so if you want it, I'll get it. If, so if, there's, mm -hmm. if, there, uh, if you need something strange in your neighborhood, you're the guy Who to you call, gonna right? Who are you going to call? That's <laughs> yeah. right. It, it only happened three days ago with Star Wars. I put up one Star Wars item, which was the uh, throne room from HasLab, uh, Hasbro Pulse. It sold out, and I said, does anyone want anything else? And they went, here's a challenge. I went, okay, yeah, I can get two cases of that. What else? I was on the phone for like six hours. Yeah, so, hey, Jeez. who are you going to call? AFI. All right. And the the group, obviously, is, is the place to get all the updates. But do you do live auctions on the group, or do you go onto specific, like, like I know there's the G.I. Joe uh, Australia page. Yeah. Um, Okay, okay. So with, with me, what I do is I've got my own group, um, Action Figures Industry Group. So we've got our page, and you can join via the link, but all my live auctions. So basically, if you're an AFI member, you're going to get first dibs at anything I have for sale before it goes onto the website and before it goes anywhere else. Sweet. Wow, guys, well, so get, get, yo, get your membership. <laughs> get in there. It's not even a membership. Like, this is an amazing thing about our age. Like... You just click join and it's done. That's the it. Notifications immediately start bombarding you. Yeah, um, you too can join a 14-day week auction. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, geez. My entire news feed was like AFI this, AFI that. I was like Star Wars, <laughs> Doctor Who, my goodness, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Yeah, the list goes on. Awesome, Nick. Very cool. Um, Paul, let's throw up our Patreon wall and just say a hearty thank you to everyone who does support us. All of these sexy keep, people. Keep the lights yeah. running at G.I. Joburg. So thank Otherwise, you, Bergforce. And then, guys, I mean, we we do this every time, but it's always cool to show you. Uh, we have this um, great collection of merchandise, which will be appearing on your screen now. Um, it's these shirts and more. So if you want to get yourself an official G.I. Joe book, but a not so official G.I. Joe shirt, uh, go and hit up our uh, Teespring store. The link is also in the description below. And as, as Stephen mentioned uh, uh, earlier, if you want to join the Berg Force, go and hit up our Patreon. The link is also in the description below. And uh, while I'm on that, Steve, seeing as it was Yo. your birthday, uh, just wanted to show you a picture of your present. <laughs> what? Ta -da! Oh, oh, very we nice. About, we we're talking about Red Laser and Black Major. Paul has gotten me a wonderful knockoff blue shirt with the red ballot or red face mask. Such mm. a nice touch that the original never had. 
I just like, thought, hey, cool, that's like such a cool Steven figure, you know, and uh, hopefully it can be united with you soon enough. I still actually need to have it in my possession, but I, <laughs> but it is, I, I have paid for it already. It's, it's sitting with other stuff. Um, so Tasty. yeah, to be revealed. And then also just a small note, um, my girlfriend is amazing and I know I say this a lot, but um, even she was like, if you come into the house with a $500 uh, body wagon, <laughs> I don't know, you know, so Ouch. that that is the final barometer on the party wagon. And hey, listen, I don't disagree 100%. with her. If I walked in with a $500 proton pack from HasLab, uh, which I don't, I don't even know how I would manage that. But if I did, she would be more okay with that. So that's just to show you <laughs> the scale of power hey, that good. these collectibles have. The beautiful thing there too is with a proton pack, at least you could say, honey, I heard a ghost upstairs. I just want to be prepared. You can't do that with the van. Exactly. <laughs> and also with the proton pack, as like her and I discussed, because we discussed this, because I figured it was quite an adult conversation for us to have as a couple. This is a, a proton pack I can wear to every convention. I exactly. can wear it to every costume party and I can wear it to every Halloween until it or uh, it or I, myself dies. <laughs> so, you know. <laughs> And for cool. Celia only, you can wear the proton pack. Just the proton pack. And nothing uh, but the proton uh, pack. <laughs> see, I didn't know Paul that well. I was going there, Steve, but I thought, you know oh, what? I'm sure you're rolling on that one. Don't cross <laughs> the streams. Anyway. Guys, on the way out, one last thing. Let's rip open Postbox the Pit because we got a lovely uh, message from G7M9W on YouTube. He says, greetings, gents. On the last podcast, you mentioned Copperhead, and I got thinking a bit more about his possible run-ins with Gung Ho in the bayou. Since CH has a gambling habit and GH was a knife fighter, wouldn't it have been interesting if at some point in the distant past, Copperhead bet against Gung Ho in a knife fight and lost? Boom. Instant grudge. Haha. <laughs> anyway, just two cents from me. Best wishes. G7M9W. Thanks, bro. Um, yeah, I love that, that is a fantastic little bit of backstory. And I meant to say, and I keep meaning to say, and I have just forgotten to say it, that the Mudbusters coloring is a lot like the old water moccasin. And to my mind, Copperhead isn't just a fan boat driver. Like, he loves anything with a big engine. And he's a gambling man. And he lives in, you know, the rough parts of, of the country. So, like... If you were to recast the Mudbuster as a Cobra vehicle, I think the guy behind the wheel would definitely be Copperhead. Oh, yeah, definitely. 100%. Yeah. Nice. Oh, it looks nice. so cool. Andrew, Teal, I'm hearing that. <laughs> yeah. And, Some Andrew's like, I'm getting myself a, a green Mudbuster right now. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I've got two here. Let me put Yeah? <laughs> is it uh, authentically sun damaged? Like, the cool thing about mine is that it's it's kind of gone a little bit green. Oh, Which, no, these are no. proper colors, so they're probably not oh, as good right. as yours. No, no, Well, no, yours no. is better. I like the sun damaged ones because the Mine real ones are... Yeah, well, it's, I feel like that should be the color, though. Mm. Because with that teal coloring, it's a lot like the Dreadnought Swamp Fire. Yeah, so exactly. Immediately screams Dreadnought to me. Like, but does you know, the Thunder Machine color? isn't that practical given the kind of like mm. terrain that the, the Dreadnoughts would be encountering. Yeah. In their, you know their neck of the woods so yeah the options are endless and if you've got access to like uh repro stickers slap some cobra decals on there and bam it's easy too easy uh steve's custom tips 
<laughs> tune in next week for more all right guys thanks for coming with us on this uh, this adventure thank you nicholas for joining us and yeah man it's been a blast we could definitely have you again man this is uh oh, yeah, i this, would be honored yo joe book yo Jeez, we've lost our identity. Ghostbusters podcast. Bug, 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 bug. <laughs>